Ladies and gentlemen, from parts unknown, they'll break your bones from different time zones, the podcast tag team champions of the world, Damien and Desmond, DDT! <laughs> okay, now, now I'm recording. Now I'm waiting for the, for the, uh, the Rick James just count behind the glass and point. <laughs> Damien wants to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Uh, of the Eddie Murphy hits, I prefer that to Boogie in, Boogie in the Butt, definitely. <laughs> uh-uh. Blasphemy. I know. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a classic podcast of which this is the first episode <laughs> but already I, I can just tell it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great one yeah you might know me uh damien wilkins from my many forays into the podcasting world uh with tranquil tirades and a bunch of other ones that were less successful <laughs> but with me a much more distinguished man as I, <laughs> Hey, I was, hey, I was part of one of those unsuccessful podcasts too. <laughs> hey, hey, wait, hey, no, that one's not done. It's okay, just good. it's on yes. it's, it's on the schedule we promised. <laughs> it's on the tool schedule. <laughs> I still have it on. I still have. I still have the file on my desktop. <laughs> dare, dare I say that we'll record another episode before Tool comes out with a new album? Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I'm not confident about saying that about Guns N' Roses or Faith No More, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't we can't make the Faith No More joke anymore. But we can we, uh, maybe with Tool, we'll see. I just have to, I just have to get this this one we already have in the can from right. a year and a half ago. There you go. <laughs> On the bright side, when we record that Offspring episode, we're going to forget all of it. So, <laughs> right, right, uh, right. Forget all the great jokes Re-record, I made. Re-record, yeah. Yes, but uh, with me, Desmond Reddick of Drop D fame and That's a couple right. of the podcasts as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, one or two. Yeah, one or two things. Yeah, he dabbles. <laughs> so we decided, hey, why don't we just start doing another brand new segment instead of doing the old one <laughs> that everybody's waiting for? <laughs> well, well, like all of our greatest ideas, this one just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Because I, I uh, was browsing the forums and, and Desmond Reddick was... Revisiting, I guess, uh, some old ECW. Yeah. And I didn't really know that you were a wrestling fan. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Well, because right. everyone was at one point in their life. It, it, it's one of those kind of things you just like in an adolescent like phase that everyone has and, and most people grow out of it and yeah. others that don't end up like me. But, um. <laughs> Hold on a second here, Damien. Yeah. All right. That was me right. opening a beer, and mm-hmm. because I'm not a professional wrestler, I'm going to drink this and not pour it all over my face and torso and then spit out any that happens to fall in my mouth. I mean, that's that sometimes you just have to do that to feel again. It's, true. true. Know, it's, that's, that, that's like a backyard in the summer kind of thing. That's not yeah. a sitting in front of my expensive... <laughs> iMac kind of thing. Fair enough. <laughs> I do. I do have many monitors in front of me, so I. I... Ooh. <laughs> so, uh, what are we doing? What are we doing here? What is this called, and what are we doing? 
Um, our, our, our work in progress name for this is DDT, which is Damien <laughs> <laughs> and Desmond talk. Uh, and uh, I, I kind of just wanted to... <laughs> we came up with that name four seconds before literally, I clicked record. Literally before we started recording, because that's how... That's how we are. It's just, mm-hmm. when we mm-hmm. write the book, we're just going to go, you know, it just came to him in a dream. And, <laughs> and I decided I need to not only discover De- Desmond the wrestling fan <laughs> and, and learn more about the, this person, but also just, you know, um, Earth 2 had a had a dearth and a need for a wrestling podcast at one point, and I was very opposed to it because of... There's so much stuff out there covering current wrestling and current pay-per-views and whatnot. And, and when Tom and Kellen uh, actually came up with theirs, they actually approached it from a much different way. And, and there's works because they're they're kind of doing a niche. And we're kind of doing a niche as well. Um, kind of, from, I, I guess, the concept being like from a guy that never stopped watching wrestling along with a lapsed fan that is kind of now revisiting these things. Yeah. And, and kind of the different perspectives yeah. <laughs> that come with that. And, and uh, ECW especially is unique <laughs> yes um, definitely um, because you don't have to really be a traditional wrestling fan to enjoy it and i and that was really part of the appeal at the time right right so that's basically what we're going to do we might we might not limit ourselves entirely to ecw depending but uh we figured that would be a good of a starting point as any yeah um so we're going to talk about the first ever ecw pay-per-view barely legal that's right the first uh tv pay-per-view because oh no no that's right they just did super cards before that right yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and, and then afterwards they did, like, iPay-per-views and, uh, like, you know, other... Well, it, well, it was usually iPay-per-views or just traditional pay-per-view at that time. Yeah. Um, which was huge for them. Uh, ECW. Let's let's just sit around the campfire, kids. <laughs> what is ECW? Well, I'm glad you asked. Person with the exact same voice as mine. <laughs> it was, that was me doing a Damien impression. Yeah, it, it, uncanny. Good, right? And a little and a little scary. <laughs> so back in the nineties, uh, wrestling was kind of recovering from the Hulk Hogan era, <laughs> which was uh, definitely waning. Because uh, by, by around ninety two, uh, and maybe even earlier, people were kind of tired of Hulk Hogan's bullshit and definitely wanted him gone. And he was leaving to go film Thunder in Paradise and other awesome hits. <laughs> and that kind of left suburban wrestling. commando. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Nanny, Santa with muscles. The hits, Mr. Nanny. I forgot about Mr. Nanny. I will never forget about Mr. Nanny. Oh shit! And wrestling. What people always say about wrestling is wrestling is cyclical, and it has like you know big big moments where it's super popular, and then moments where it's where it's dead. Um, And we're definitely in a dead period now. Happened again in the late '90s with the Attitude Era, as they called it, with Steve Austin and all that. And there were two companies trying to figure this stuff out. Um, <laughs> WWF at the time was a terrible product. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with fucking Doink the Clown and Bastion Booger and all these <laughs> other just <laughs> terrible fucking just just the worst stuff. Um, and the talent was, was not there. And they were trying to push Lex Luger and a bus with, Ugh. you know, red, white, and blue all over it. <laughs> <laughs> WCW at the time was kind of having an identity crisis because they had just broken away from the NWA. The NWA was like the governing body of wrestling in the 70s and 80s. 
And by the 90s, it was kind of this fractured thing, because without WCW, they didn't have a national TV presence. Uh, so the NWA, which was, you know, Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen and, like, this big prestige, prestigious thing, became a bunch of indie feds. Yeah. <laughs> and guys in high school gyms and VFW halls, you know, it's like, oh, I'm the NWA champion. I've never heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got a MySpace page. Yeah, yeah, I've got a, a, yeah. <laughs> I got a picture of Ric Flair on my top eight. But, uh, yeah, or, or you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm Randy Hogan. That's you know, <laughs> and, you know, just these weekend warriors. Okay, but um, so so the NBA was in a weird place, and. It kind of continued that, uh, there was actually this infamous, uh, guy, what was the guy's name? Like, the Colorado kid or something that just paid somebody 2,500 bucks to be the NWA champion for like a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> just this real backwoods, just carny shit that you thought was dead back in the fucking, you know, the 1910s or whatever. <laughs> so they found a company called ECW, Eastern Championship Wrestling, to, uh, hold a tournament to, crown a new ECW champion. Eastern Championship Wrestling was from the ashes of what was originally the Tri-State Wrestling Alliance. Right, right. I believe, which was uh, run by a guy named Joel Goodhart. I don't know a whole lot about him, although I do think a lot of the... Uh, I'm, I'm doing this on notes, so I'm trying to think of this stuff, but um, a lot of a lot of the hardcore stuff kind of originated there a bit, um, but once that moved over to Eastern Championship Wrestling, the reigns, uh, at least creatively went to a guy named Eddie Gilbert, uh, who himself was a wrestler, and he idolized Jerry Lawler, and suddenly the company became like this this Memphis, like, you know, just uh, cowardly heel running away kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. And and it kind of no way resembled what ECW would eventually become. Uh, The owner, Todd Gordon, was totally fine with that, though. He was like, whatever, we're just going to be our little regional company. And then Paul Heyman showed up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We could have a three-hour conversation about Paul Heyman by himself. (laughs) He is an extremely captivating person. Um, for my money, the most intelligent man in wrestling. Uh, creatively, one of the best minds wrestling's ever had. Uh, he's also a fucking swindler and a liar. <laughs> and he's infamous for these things. Um, well, didn't he also, like, keep the bankruptcy a secret from all the wrestlers? Yes. But so that they could actually get paid without having the money raked back? Yeah, yeah. He, um. So sometimes, sometimes being a liar is good. <laughs> well, well, here, well, here's the, here's the thing with Paul Heyman. Paul, Paul, Paul Heyman's one of those guys where if you talk to any of the old ECW wrestlers, they'll be like, this motherfucker, he fucked me over, he lied to me. And then like five seconds later, yeah, but he's the best. Yeah. <laughs> Love that guy, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and there's actually a documentary on the on the network about him, um, about his his upbringing, and he's the, you know, the the son of a, a Holocaust survivor and like a defense attorney. And he basically lied his way into all these situations. Like he ended up running a Studio Fifty Four at one point. Wow! Holy shit! <laughs> doing like an event manager, st- yeah, like doing event manager stuff by lying, by saying like, "Yeah, I've totally done this before," and just being put in these positions and learning as he went. Yeah, um, it, like you could make a fucking like Moneyball movie about him or something. I think it'd be really interesting. Um, and, and but he started as a photographer in, in wrestling, and he was a guy that famously elbowed people out of the way and you know, to get pictures and stuff. And then he became a manager in WCW uh, once WCW got rid of him because you know he he, he lies a lot. Um, <laughs> 
he went he went to ECW to kind of be like an understudy to Eddie Gilbert. Well, once Eddie Gilbert left, uh, for reasons I don't quite I don't quite remember, uh, Paul Heyman became a creative mind. Uh, when they gave him the reins, it was kind of game over uh, for the Eastern Championship Wrestling and what it was. Eastern Championship Wrestling had guys like Jimmy Snuka as their top star and Don yeah. Morocco and you know just it, it was real fucking just bush league stuff. <laughs> Um, and watching old Eastern Championship Wrestling, which I have done, or I've tried to do, those shows are rough. Um, <laughs> they're just, again, it's just, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, the, the only real remnant you'll see of this ECW is you'll see, like, early Sandman. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Um, but, but you know, back when he was more of a beach theme. <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Um, and that's so weird to me that he has such a long career wrestling for a guy that doesn't really <laughs> know, know how to that's wrestle. That's no good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, we'll call Spade Spade here. I, I keep forgetting, and, and that's why, I mean, he's not good. I mean, I, no, lo- no. I love the Sandman, but he's not good. And for him to have had like a 30 year career in the business is shocking. (laughs) And he, and and he is a perfect example. And we're going to talk about quite a few of these during this of a Paul Heyman creation. Paul Heyman was perfect at, um, his, one of the reasons why he was so good as a creator is because he was really good at accentuating the positives and hiding the negatives. Mm. And, he he was given all these rejects and misfit toys from other companies that either guys got fired from other companies or they just didn't want them at all because they were too fat or ugly or greasy or whatever, or just you know too much of a problem or you know, drug issues or they killed a man like New Jack. So he just like all right, I'll take you, <laughs> and found a place for them. Um, so ECW, and so what he would do is he would kind of rehab them, and then suddenly the other companies would see value in these guys and raid them. So it would just be this constant, like, uh, revolving door of, all right, you, I, I'm taking more guys in, I'm making them valuable, I'm losing them again. So you <laughs> constantly had ECW being raided, except for guys like the Sandman, who, you know, it, he didn't leave until pretty late in the game, and once he did, he went to WCW. <laughs> Uh, you might not remember what, for like a remember. week. <laughs> he, he was well near the end. He he left and went to WCW. They changed his name to Hack. Huh. Um, I don't remember that. It was late late era WCW was a fucking journey. I know. It's Tell like me watching. About it, yeah, it's like watching the Outer Limits, dude. It's <laughs> more stuff gets thrown at the ring in late era WCW than it ever does in ECW. Yeah, and, 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 and it's like, like garbage flying through the air. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of a lot of a lot of the guys in ECW of value went to WCW because WCW had a fucking blank check to sign talent. Yeah, and you see, like, oh. Without Paul Heyman, <laughs> man, it's rough. Right, because so, uh, like just incredible, and Lance Storm went there before they went to WWF, right? Well, actually, just incredible was there before he went to ECW. He was oh, he was, right. he was okay. an example of somebody that was a reject because he was his great gimmick, the Portuguese Man of War, <laughs> Aldo Montoya, um, where he wore a jockstrap on his head, <laughs> and he lost all the time. And then he went to ECW, and they were like, "All right, we can do something with this guy," and and turned him into just incredible, and made him like a world champion caliber guy. Um, unfortunately, that was kind of the height of his career. He never really went past that. Lance, we'll get to Lance. Yeah, we'll get to Lance. <laughs> um, 
and a lot of parts of Lance that, I, are, I, that are notable. I got, I, I got something to say about Lance Storm. Okay, okay, okay. We'll, we'll get there. But um, continue, <laughs> just continuing the story of BCW real quick here. Um, so Paul Heyman took over, and he decided to rebrand the rebrand the company entirely, and he decided to announce it in the most dickish way possible. NWA was having a tournament for a new world champion, and the finals were. I'm assuming you already know the story. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, the finals were between Shane Douglas and Two Cold Scorpio. Uh, Two Cold Scorpio is an amazing talent that I hope we one day get to talk about as well, because I, I, I have a soft spot for him. Uh, Shane Douglas wins, don- uh, dedicates the match to his uh, his father who had recently passed away, and then starts cutting a, a promo on Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat and all these people that he actually hates. <laughs> Um, because the story of Shane Douglas, again, we'll get to him more, is that he's pretty much been fucked over every time he's gone anywhere else. Um, and so he threw the belt down, and, 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 and he said that he is now the ECW World Champion, and ECW now stands for Extreme Championship Wrestling. The notable part about this is the NWA had no idea. <laughs> the NWA thought they were going to have blonde, good-looking, you know, strong champion Shane Douglas representing their brand so they, they could rebuild. Yeah. And Paul Heyman gave them the middle finger and said, oh, actually, sorry, I had a, I have a plans for him. <laughs> it's it, it's so great. I, I, I have more to say about Shane Douglas, too, but we'll, we'll wait until yeah. he gets his due here. Yeah, um, so that was ECW in a nutshell. Um, going, it, it went for a while before they got pay-per-view. It, the obviously the the uh, the content changed, right? And, and again, he he decided to accentuate the positives. He was like, "All right, I can't compete with WWF on production, or you know, budget or things <laughs> like that." For sure. <laughs> so, but I'm under the radar. I'm not going to get copyrights shit because I'm not on national television. I'm going to use real music. So, he, so that was one of his advantages. And you know, he had you know his his first big act was I think the Public Enemy. Who were also terrible. Yeah, yeah, they were terrible. But they had like this fun aura about them, you know. And and so that was, and they broke tables, and the, you know, every match was no DQ, and and then Sabu showed up, and that's when things really changed. And we'll get to him as well. So journey, their journey to pay per view. It is now 1997. I believe this is April of 1997. Yep. Day after my, day after my birthday. Oh, okay. So there is only one big roadblock to uh, them getting pay-per-view. Uh, first of all, it's ECW, so a lot of companies just flat out didn't want to carry it because either they didn't know who EC- what ECW was or they looked at one like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we're good. I think we're just going to get the... I think we're just going to get the Royal Rumble and we'll be set, you know. Uh, but uh, a little... A little uh, Wrench got thrown in the works, known as the mass transit incident. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, now uh, there's a fellow that does not appear on this on this particular show by for, the name of New for, Jack for a reason, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, by the name of by the Mister Jack, <laughs> Mister uh, Jack, <laughs> who we respect entirely and would never say anything bad about. Uh, I, I mean, he's a fucking scumbag. <laughs> That was Damien. That was not me and my Damien voice, by the way. He is a heavy contender for, like, I mean, outside of, like, Jimmy Snuka and Chris Benoit, who actually murdered people, (laughs) he is, like, one of the worst human beings in wrestling. Yeah, Um, yeah. 
But <laughs> and this was just kind of icing on the cake. There, the mass transit incident, for the, those who don't know, there was a house show where uh, the gangsters, who were uh, New Jack and Mustafa, not really important in the grand scheme of things to know who they are, uh, against Steve Dudley, and it was supposed to be, I think, Axel Rotten was supposed to be his partner. Sure. Uh, fun fact, Axel Rotten, my wrestling trainer. Um, oh, wow, cool. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, he passed away uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, actually, Balls Mahoney. And um, so Axel no-showed, and a guy, <laughs> just some random guy backstage, <laughs> uh, offered to fill in. He looked like Ralph Cramden. <laughs> Ralph Cramden after a bender. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was dressed in like a bus stop boy outfit, and he called himself Mass Transit. Um, and, and he was like, oh, yeah, I can totally wrestle. And they were like, are you trained? He's like, yeah, uh, Killer Kowalski trained me. Here's the funny part of the story. Killer Kowalski was actually backstage at ECW that night, and no one like stopped to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, also he was, uh, he was 17. Yeah. So, that, that's what I was going to say. I was, didn't he lie about his age too? Yeah. Or did nobody ask him about his age? Maybe that's he lied about his age. Okay. Lied and said he was trained. <laughs> um, so, 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 so they, wow. they, so, so Mr. Jack let him know, uh, he will be bleeding tonight. And he informed Mr. Jack that he had never cut himself. The, the art of, uh, bleeding wrestling, of course, is bleeding, most commonly, where you just take a little safety razor and put it across a safe part of your forehead, the meaty part. Yeah, like your hairline, too, right? Yeah. 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 Um, maybe take an aspirin, so it's a little extra red. And your head um, bleeds like crazy anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, you know, so if you ever look at a wrestler head, like a Dusty Rhodes <laughs> or Ric Flair, or, you know, they, they're just fucking scars all across their head from doing this every goddamn night. And New Jack is just so nice. He said, "Don't worry, I'll 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 help yeah, you. I'll help you bleed. I'll do it for you. I hope you." He did not tell a lie. Um, he. That's one thing he could say about New Jack. He's very honest. <laughs> he, he he he's a man of his word. Uh, um, now, have you actually ever seen the footage of this? I have. Okay. Yeah. Um, this was the, the footage was actually lost for a while, um, and then it was recovered like maybe five years ago or something. And uh, it's it's bad, like the EMT, like he cuts this kid open and it's bubbling and it's like a bulk. It's like a fucking kid science project. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the EMT is trying to hold it and it's just even worse. And um, so of course they they sued New Jack and there's like, look, he said he told me to cut him, so there's no case. <laughs> but um, this <laughs> this made people a little wary about the whole ECW pay per view thing. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah. So, um, it, it, it caused a lot of problems. Uh, yeah. And, 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 uh, and a lot of, and according to Paul Heyman, and of course, consider the source here, uh, he said, you know, they didn't want to carry us because they thought that we were like UFC, that we were real. Um, but <laughs> UFC has checks and balances. <laughs> yeah. Uh, UFC has rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Early UFC, though, if you've ever watched, oh, it's man. fucking insane. Punch, punching someone it's, in the balls 40 times in a row. It's so much more fun than actual, like, current UFC is. For sure. Cause they're, like, you know, just like free weight, like, the different styles and just, like, you know, Don Fry flipping a 500 pound man over his shoulder. But, um, so the pay per view is on. I forget the location, actually, of this pay per view. That's the one part I didn't write down. But the uh, attendance was something around 2000. It was ECW Arena. Was it? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the ECW arena was, was a modified bingo hall that went through about 15 renovations. Uh, 
actually doesn't exist anymore. That's, uh, that's it, sad. It became, it became the new Alhambra Arena or something, and then they built a building like across from it that I think is now advertising itself as the ECW Arena. Oh, okay. Uh, I always liked the Hammerstein Ballroom better. Right. Uh, it looks great. Yeah, yeah. It fucking the rafters look great. Um, they, that's where they did a lot of their other. That's where they actually did their last pay per view. And November to Remembers, a couple were done there too, right? Yeah. I'm mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Just, just the atmosphere of that building looks awesome. Plus, yeah. it's all, plus, it was easy to fill. So when you had only like two thousand people, it still looked great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but here was you know a little bit before ECW came into a little bit more of a budget, so we didn't have the big like brick entranceway and all this stuff. But uh, pay view is on and starts with our, our friend Joey Styles in the ring. <laughs> Joey Styles is um, God love him. I love Joey Styles. I, I am a fan of Joey Styles, the announcer. Uh, Joey Styles, the person, leaves a bit to be desired. But that's wrestling for you. Yeah, I, I don't know much about him, but yeah, he's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of he, really shitty people yeah. in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, he's like crazy right wing kind of guy. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, um, but but here's the thing about Joey Styles: they put so much confidence in him because he called the entire, well, almost the entire event by himself. Yeah. Um, which, <laughs> well, let, let's called. let's just say, Damien, he called the entire event by himself. Yeah, let's yeah, not yeah, mince yeah, words yeah, here. Okay, yeah, I don't think Tommy Dreamer offered any help. <laughs> no, not really. He was he was kind of busy. <laughs> Tommy was, Dreamer was there as a prop. <laughs> Tommy was kind of busy crying into his lean cuisine. <laughs> Come on, hungry man. Okay. <laughs> he, you know. Uh, we'll get to him as well. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Joey Styles, uh, for a good long while, at least a few years, called every ECW show alone. Um, which is it's a thankless job because, yeah. uh, wrestling commentary is hard. <laughs> uh, real hard. Um, if, if you actually ever watch modern WWE, which is something I don't recommend, uh, <laughs> They put so many restrictions on, on their announcers. Um, even people that are talented elsewhere, um, when they come in, they have this weird obsession with pronouns where you are not allowed to say he. You have to say the person's full name every time when you call them. When you, it, it's one of those things you like, once you notice it. Weird. It ruins, I didn't, I didn't it, know it, that. It ruins WWE for you. So, for example, let's say uh, Rob Van Dam is having a match in WWE and he, against Lance Storm. He's like, oh, Rob Van Dam. Oh, Rob Van Dam just hit a suplex. All right, Rob Van Dam going to the top. He, he, they can't say he or she. Oh, Rob Van Dam hit Lance Storm with a drop kick there. All right, what's Lance huh. Storm going to do? And also another thing that um, you, you might notice as well, uh, the way that they cut is every single time there's an impact, they cut their shot. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes the, it makes the watching their shows just insufferable. Oh, I mean the. Uh... ECW events look like they were filmed by your middle school's AV club. Like yeah, it's, and, it's, it's not good. <laughs> no, no. Um, and you know that's part of the appeal. Um, Only in an ECW pay per view are you are you going to see like the most death defying and insane move, but you can't see it because it's buried behind a million people standing up. You know, like they they go out to the to the crowd and and you know jump off of a freaking. Uh, a, a gate, like the top of a gate, and then just mm. disappear into a sea of people. And then the camera comes up, and they're laying there. And clearly, these guys have just fallen like two, you know, two and a half stories onto yeah. a table on concrete. But you know, half the time you don't actually see it. <laughs> it's kind, it's part it's, of the charm a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, back back when I was into the tape trading scene, 
um, videotape skids. Yeah. These things that went to a VHS machine and you watched them and they were big and bulky and you couldn't <laughs> just download a file. Um, I would get these things just fan camps, they were called. And it was basically the quality of like a guy who is selling a bootleg new release movie, which is just him filming the screen for two hours. <laughs> you know, it's, you can't tell anything, but you're like, I, that might be Chris Jericho. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know. Um, but that's, I mean, that's how hungry for this kind of stuff I was at the time. Right. But, um, so Joey introduces us. He is interrupted by the Dudleys. Uh, the Dudleys are a uh, are an interesting troupe. Uh, they are based off of they're a Raven idea, I believe. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, Raven Raven came came up with a lot of. Uh, he, he, there's a rule in wrestling: if there's like a really creative idea, it was either made, it was either created by Raven or Scott Hall. Basically. <laughs> Interesting. Um, okay. I, I, I knew that Raven was huge creatively, but I didn't realize he was that far back in ECW creatively. Yeah. Um, I thought he, I, as, I, as he was around, I just thought they gave him more and more control, but that's interesting. Well, he was actually part of like the production team before for WWF, huh. um, in his previous incarnation when he was Johnny Polo back in the day. Um, before the Raven gimmick. So he had a lot of experience with that kind of stuff. And he's got a great mind for business uh, or, or for wrestling. And, and um, I'm not really sure why. Well, I can probably mention why. <laughs> he's not utilized nowadays. But, um, yeah, he, he came up with a lot of weird gimmicks like that. But he came up with entirely with the Dudleys, uh, I'm assuming by watching Slapshot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, all the Dudleys are based off of the Hanson brothers. Yeah. <laughs> A pop quiz, I have a question for you. Do you know how many Dudleys there are in total? In total? Yes. Uh, eight? Close. There are ten Dudleys. Wow, shit. I, I counted the, the seven I could name and then added one because I figured that I was off, but wow, ten. Okay, okay, so name the, t- name the ones you know. Well, of course, there's Devon and Bubba Ray. Okay. And Spike. Mm-hmm. And then uh, side guy, <laughs> okay. And then he counts. And then big dick, mm-hmm. uh, Studley Dudley. Okay. Is he official? Or are we counting he's him? Not in the official. Ten? He's not official. Is he's he, not an official he's, Dudley. He's not counted in the ten. He's not counted in the ten. So oh. we can we can go in eleven. I just totally blanked on the other name I had. You had Bubba. You had big dick. You had sign guy. You had Devon. You had Spike. Spike. Oh, yeah, four more. <sighs> Shit, I had I had another one. Okay, I I can't remember. All right, so it started with Big Daddy Dudley. Oh, okay. Big da- Big Daddy Dudley was a traveling salesman, <laughs> and he is the reason that all of the Dudleys are of different races. Okay, because he just <laughs> went door to door, did his business, and left. Which I think is a great great way of making all these guys brothers, even though none of them look alike. <laughs> Basically, if you're big, ugly, and have bad hair, you're a Dudley. Right. Uh, then it started with Snot Dudley and Dudley Dudley, I believe. Huh. Uh, the Forgotten Dudleys that no one ever talks about now. Uh, then there was uh, the Native American Dudley Dances with Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Chubby Dudley. Chubby, was okay, Chubby I had. Chubby okay. I had. <laughs> Dances with Dudley? Dances with Dudley was his oh name. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh, man. Uh, another thing, if you are not a wrestling fan, here's a little information for you. Mm. Uh, not super sensitive around race. Mm. No. The entire industry. So. No, no. It's, <laughs> well, well, the, well, the rule is wrestling is always 10 to 15 years uh, culturally in the past. <laughs> sure. Like, they're just now discovering gay people exist. Like, it's... <laughs> They're, they're slow. Yeah. They're slow. They're slow. They're slow to learn. But uh, th- those Dudleys existed before Bubba Ray ever showed up. Huh. Um, so, so that's the amazing part. Because, like, when you think of the Dudleys now, people think of the two. Right. Bubba and Devon. Right. Um, there's, like, maybe there's maybe, the maybe Spike. Maybe Spike. Yeah, Spike as well. Um, Spike, nice guy. Met him. He signed my UCW DVD once. Met him in a mall. It was very awkward because I was expecting RVD, and clearly he did not show. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, very few people have taken more abuse than Spike Dudley has. Yeah, um, school teacher. Really, you know, I believe. Yeah, he's wow. a very smart guy. But um, so he's he had a good backup plan. Yeah, but, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the other Dudleys, uh, according to my research, some of them are still kind of around. I think one of them may have died. Um. But they like they kind of just showed up in like indie, indie feds and just never really got a call <laughs> from <laughs> their brothers to ever show up anywhere else because uh, no one remembers them and yeah. they were terrible. Yeah. Um, but so the Dudleys we have now are Bubba Ray, uh, Devon, Sign Guy, uh, Spike <laughs> does not make an appearance on this show. No, right, he doesn't. Um, and Big Dick shows up later. Right. Yes. But um, not not an unofficial Dudley, but a spokesman for for the Dudleys <laughs> is one Joel Joel Gertner. Oh, <laughs> oh Joel Gertner, good uh, lord! The quintessential stud muffin, as he calls himself. Uh, yeah. Joel is alone enough to get them kicked off of pretty much every show they would have ever had, uh, <laughs> any station really. Um, <laughs> But he introduces the Dudleys as they come out. The, the thing about the Dudleys as well, they were a unique act in that the ECW crowd really kind of liked everyone. Yeah. Except the Dudleys. But uh, they lovingly hated the Dudleys. Yes. Right? They uh, they Because they craved their abuse. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> the Dudleys incited riots. Yeah. And, and, and again, and again, there's this disconnect because they're still like got, wearing tie dye and broken glasses, <laughs> looking like complete idiots. But it worked. Yeah. Um, but For also a long they, time. Yeah, they were they were there until '99. Yeah. Um, so, and, and by that point, they had done everything. They'd won the titles like six times or something. But uh, they were also the only act in the company that didn't have entrance music. Oh right! So, yeah. Yeah. So, so when they came out, it was just booze. Yeah. <laughs> booze were their entrance music. So great, so great. They never turned them babyface or anything. They were just peels the entire way through. Um, and, and the start, Bubba was, but then Devon showed up and was like, "Now nah, we're going to be evil now." <laughs> um, so, th- so they uh, they have their little intro and uh, inside the fans. They don't incite a riot like they typically do. There's a one show, I think Heatwave or something, where they oh, go yeah, for it was like ninety eight, right? Yeah, they go for a good thirty minutes, like. <laughs> They, uh, speaking to they speak spit, to a woman and her on, daughter, spit on people, and oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> they they uh they they could fill time. Oh yeah, but, oh yeah, and it's and it's entertaining for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it, and again, in contrast, you turn to WWF, and it's you know the plumber 
and Duke the Dumpster Drossy and stuff like this. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? So they are having a match for the tag team. They are the tag team champions. Yeah. I should mention uh, the ECW tag team titles. The ECW tag team titles are actually uh, repurposed uh, WWF IC belts. Oh, okay. Them, so, uh, they just kind of have like a decal slapped on them or something. <laughs> but um, again, this budget. But um, their opponents, unique men in their own right, were the Eliminators. Yeah. Uh, Perry Saturn and John Cronus. Uh Saturn and Cronus uh, named themselves after the Roman and Greek gods of harvest. Yeah, so the same guy. Yeah, yeah. They were originally wanted to be called the Harvesters of Sorrow. Cool. <laughs> Which is a much better, that is, much better name. That is very cool. Metal as fuck. <laughs> uh, I say I say that before I tell you this other detail. They came out in bright pink tights. Yeah. <laughs> no one was going to tell these men otherwise. <laughs> Um, Perry Saturn in particular is high on my list of men I would never fuck with. Yeah. Um, super, super underrated, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he does um, not look like a guy that can move like he does. Yeah, he, he looks like a guy that would shank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would be the end of it. And, and he is a, an extremely impressive athlete. Um, he, he ended up going to WCW later on and, and having a bit more success. And then to WWF, where he was completely... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, there were a lot of problems with that as well. Uh, he, like, that was when his drug problems started. Yeah. Um, and he was and, like, uh, he was like working stiff and stuff too, right? Yeah. He, uh, there was one, uh, Mike Bell, I think was the guy's name. Uh, there's footage of it. He beats the hell out of this jobber because he was fucked up. Um, <laughs> and he didn't miss it by that point. He actually disappeared for a while. He, like, he stopped a rape or something. Oh, and- I did. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, and he ended up getting like shot or whatever, but he couldn't pay his med bill, so he got addicted. He just he got addicted to drugs, disappeared off the face of the planet for years. Showed back up, had a face tattoo he didn't remember getting. Um, <laughs> yeah, just he went through some shit. Um, oh man! And uh, he kind of reemerged, and it was just like, dude. <laughs> um, he, he's still alive. Yeah, well, I think he just appeared on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast. Yeah, I believe he's actually uh, doing like a GoFundMe or something right now because to pay more medical bills because he's in pretty bad shape. Yeah, Um, very emaciated now. Um, Definitely looked like it's a very sad story. Yeah, Uh, John Cronus for similar reasons is no longer with us. Um, a game that I don't, it, it's not a game is kind of, uh, maybe not the right word for it, but a, a thing I kind of have to do when watching old wrestling is play the Who's Still Alive game. Right, 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 which is, yeah, uh, an interesting game to play when you're talking about this yeah, you know, field uh, of entertainment. Um, wrestling has a high mortality rate um, yeah. because you're intentionally hurting yourself. This show, amazingly, only has a few dead people in it. Um, John Cronus is one of them. Uh, his he, was he went to DCW, WCW too, right? Maybe. I think he, he, I don't think he was ever on screen though, because he might have been one of the. I I remember him from the video game. I think. Let's let's look up John Cronus. See if he actually. Because John Cronus was uh, not a physical specimen, but he had a bit of a, another aura about him. Uh, no, I guess he didn't. Um, I just looked him up. Yeah, after after because he stuck around in ECW for a while and teamed with New Jack. Oh right, yeah. for the Gangstonators, right? The Gangstonators. 
No, oh god, he, no, he went to XPW. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Okay, XPW was um, after ECW. Well, actually, no, they they were like a, a uh, the West Coast ECW knockoff. <laughs> okay, they were like the Shelbyville ECW. <laughs> um, uh, created by Rob Black, uh, who was a porn director guy. Um, so they would have like straight up porn stars and stuff in their stuff. And like, I was a, you know, edgy kid or whatever in the year 2000 and I would buy XPW like tapes and stuff. Be like, Hey, maybe I'll see a boob. <laughs> the quality of wrestling in XPW makes ECW look like fucking Frank Gotch. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just the worst guys. Um, they basically, it was, it was, it was for all the guys who weren't good enough to be in ECW. <laughs> huh. Um, it was it was fucking terrible. There was actually an incident where uh, XPW guys showed up to start shit in the ECW show and got the fuck and got the shit beaten out of them or something. <laughs> uh, it was pretty funny. But but Cronus appeared for them for a while. Um, Shane Douglas, a few other people. Huh. But uh, now Cronus died in uh, 07 uh, due to drug related reasons. Uh, not surprisingly, but uh, John Cronus definitely the uh, the Marty Jannetty of this team. But, right, uh, right. But these, well, I mean, hey, uh, Jannetty and and Michaels were great as a as a yeah. tag team and super crazy high flying guys. And you get that with these guys, except these guys each have probably eighty pounds on those guys. They're big <laughs> dudes. They're big, like big men doing moves like like luchadors. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, getting to the match itself. <laughs> Uh, sign guy tried to attack uh, them, which is a terrible idea on his part. <laughs> and he eats the total elimination, which is essentially a, uh, a high-low uh, sweep kick into like a jump kick. Yeah. At the same time, great move. It looks amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, a little contrived when you kind of have to stand a guy up to like have him wait a few seconds. <laughs> but uh, right. <laughs> but like if, when they would when they would hit it out of nowhere, it was it was amazing. Yeah. Um, this match was a fucking video game match. <laughs> this was, there's a thing in wrestling called psychology where you like have like moves that are done for a purpose to tell like a story. That was not this match. <laughs> this was just a lot of fucking moves. It was, it, it, it almost uh, feels like it was off, off the top of the head too. Like, oh, he just dove over the top rope onto the floor. Mm. Well, let me see if I can do that too. <laughs> you know, three seconds later. <laughs> yeah, EC, ECW did not strike me as a company that had a whole lot of heavily scripted matches. Yeah, or, I mean, all, all, all matches are scripted to an extent, but right, um, right. It, like you know, there's there's calling it in the ring, as they say, where two guys just go out. All right, come, you're gonna win in 20 minutes. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, these two did some stuff that was definitely very much like all right, clearly um, planned. But they basically just beat the shit out of the Dudleys for yeah, yeah. The Dudleys got their asses kicked. Straight. But yeah, it, it, what this match really was was sort of a showcase for the Eliminators and like absolutely amazing moves that I can't name because they're all these like variations of variations of variations of a move I might be able to name. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like crazy, crazy stuff. And it was, I mean, it was super entertaining just to see them doing it, you know? And I guess, I guess all the, all the personality was front loaded on the, the Dudley's intro. Yeah. But, but also I think this is sort of an example of, this is a tamed down pay-per-view for ECW. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it's by far the least violent, which which is insane. By the time we get a little bit later into this, but 
it's it's the least violent pay-per-view I've seen of theirs. Mm-hmm. They, they definitely, uh, they do, a, I mean, they obviously they don't have a whole lot of backstage stuff normally. No. But it this is very in-ring focused, and also, um, and this comes up later, they were really short for time. <laughs> Um, so they, they had to fill it. Um, they, they, they could have cut off a few seconds of, uh, of the end of each Joey Styles segment between matches because, man, (laughs) there's a lot of shots of Joey Styles staring at the camera for like four seconds too long. (laughs) There there was also one match in particular I was cut in half. Cut to the crowd, Uh, please. Cut to the crowd. I don't want to see Joey Styles' face. Yeah, there, there's a match we're going to get to later that I would have just fed up cut in half if not taken off the card entirely. Yeah. But um, th- this was kicks of every, every variety. <laughs> uh, basically, like, you know, training dummies. Uh, Cronus, uh, again, to his credit, did like a handspring cartwheel backflip elbow. <laughs> right, right. Uh, which is, he's like 250. <laughs> yeah. At least here. Um. And they also did, uh, I think, like stereo, like splashes, which is pretty great. Yeah, and uh, it's fantastic. Saturn has, uh, um, I don't think he did in this match. Uh, Saturn also has like one of the best elbow drops. Yeah, uh, uh, he's he, he's just vicious, and when and when Saturn is on, it's he's really entertaining to watch. You know, when he isn't like making out with a mop or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, Vince McMahon had him doing. Like, like, you look at that guy, and you're like, why weren't you Taz? <sighs> right, right, right. Yeah, but unfortunately, he, he, he did not have the speaking skills. Yeah. Um, it's argued that Taz maybe didn't either. But... <laughs> oh, I was going to say, it's, 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 it's kind of hard when you have less personality than Taz. But, uh, again, accentuate the positives. <laughs> uh, and, and, and for this, it was, uh, it, this is a perfect, ma- this is a perfect match to not only start a show, but if this is your first foray on ECW and somebody ventured onto this and was like bought it on a whim, this is a good way to do it. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. This is what we're about. <laughs> you know, cause again, you see this in contrast to anything else that was on TV at the time. And you're like, all right, awesome. This isn't King Kong Bundy fucking fighting Tatanka. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is some real shit. Uh, the Eliminators win with total elimination about six minutes. Yeah. Short match. Yes. Uh, they could not have gone this pace much longer, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> yeah, probably you're right. Uh, um, part of the reason also was uh, Bubba was injured. Oh, okay. So um, that that also had a little bit to do with it, which is why this was such a one-sided uh, ass-kicking. Uh, <laughs> and again, yeah, it puts the Eliminators over as killers. Right, right. Um, and they, they get, you know, they get the tag team belts. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul Heyman also another great thing he did, and and kind of a kind of a contrast to modern day uh, wrestling booking. Uh, modern day, everyone's kind of fifty fifty. Uh, there's like I win one, you win one. They're afraid to make people look weak. Uh, Paul Heyman never worried about making a, a guy get his ass kicked, yeah, or, or sacrificing somebody because you could always rebuild them. You know, it, it, like if this guy, you know, if the Eliminators beat the shit out of the Dudleys, guess what? Who beats the sh- who the people that beat the shit out of the Eliminators? They're going to look that much better now. Right, right. Um, and, and it's very simple, basic stuff that just kind of a loss now. I don't believe this title reign actually lasts that long because uh, I think one of them may get injured. But um, I, I do know they trade back and forth for a bit. Yeah, uh, this bubble gets better. Well. Uh, also, before this this match is over, uh, the crowd 
the crowd chanting uh, fuck him up when they get Joel Gertner in the ring. Yes. Uh, well, because Joel Gertner gets in the ring to to announce the winners uh, as the Dudley Boys, which is yes. wrong because the Eliminators just won. Uh, and so the crowd, <laughs> ECW crowds, got to love them, start chanting, chanting, fuck him up, fuck him up. And so they hit him with the total elimination. Now, this is the origin story for the neck brace, right? Um, I think it I is. Th- I want to say, actually, the Dudleys actually gave him a 3D once because they were pissed at him. Oh. I think that was part of it. Oh, okay. Because um, then, like, then he, like, wore the neck brace, like, throughout the rest of his ECW career, right? He had the, <laughs> neck, he had the neck brace forever. <laughs> uh, I'll actually check. I'm pretty sure that was... Yeah, like, every picture you can find of him, it's him wearing a neck brace. <laughs> um, and it's funny, because they did the ECW reunion show, uh, you know, like, ten years later, and he was still wearing the neck brace. But, um... <laughs> guy's got to see a doctor. Yeah, so... Yeah, actually, no, this was the origins of that. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, right on. Yeah, I, th- I thought yes. it was. <laughs> so great. So great. And he had the bow, and he's the bow tie on the neck brace yeah, as well. Yeah, was- right. Yeah, and this, and, and this time he's just shirtless under a blazer with a, with a gold bow tie. Ugh. It's a, it's a bad look. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well, it's, it's a bad look for anybody, but, uh, it's definitely a bad look for, uh, Joel Gertner. <sighs> and, and Joel, Joel actually, uh, once the Dudleys go away, he was kind of lost. Um, and they made him like a color commentator, and he actually did pretty well. I like Joel Gardner, even though there's no way anyone else would have ever hired him. <laughs> I think he's a little much as color commentary, but I, I like him at times. He, 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 he toned it down as long as there wasn't a female nearby. He was fine. <laughs> I, do, I do prefer Cyrus, obviously, but uh, Cyrus is pretty great. Cyrus is great. Um, Cyrus is actually still. Uh, He's he's not, he's doing a podcast with Lance Storm, and he's actually going to uh, be a the English announcer for New Japan. Oh, uh, cool! Very soon, so um, quite great. Uh, Joey Styles also the way he says "total elimination" every time <laughs> <laughs> sounds like he's having an aneurysm. <laughs> Second only to his "oh my god," or, or his cat or his cat fight. <laughs> but I, I think he only says "oh my god" once in this in this entire pay per view. Yeah, he he definitely did not have it as a as a huge. He saves uh, it for the end anyway. He was not a meme at this point with it. Uh, <laughs> not yet. But, yeah, he definitely turned it down. <laughs> but, also, but also, like you're the only guy talking, so. Right, right. <laughs> There's only so much uh, air you can fill. <laughs> but um, so we we do cut to Joey Styles afterwards, and he is talking about the three way main event. Uh, during parts of the show, we are going to cut to each individual member. Oh, right. And, and first is the Sandman, who is uh, doing his pre-match ritual of uh, uh, drinking a beer and smoking and a cigarette. And a cigarette, right. And also, yeah. also his during-match ritual. <laughs> yeah. And, and his post-match ritual. Right, right. Sandman is a, is a character. Yeah. Yes, he is. He is not a uh, he is not a great orator, uh, <laughs> or or a good wrestler, <laughs> or or a good wrestler. Really, and we'll get to this. Sandman is incredibly popular because of a theme song, <laughs> right? Right. And because of just these are his people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they right. look at this guy and go, "Yep." You know. Well, uh, he did the beer thing before Steve Austin did, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because because Steve Austin was in ECW for like three matches. Yeah. And was like one of them stunning, was he was like stunning Steve Austin or something, right? He was right? superstar Steve Austin. Oh, okay. He he was stunning Steve Austin at one he point. He was stunning wasn't Steve Austin in WCW. WCW, right. Back when he had blonde hair and he was teaming with uh, Brian Pillman. <laughs> that, that was before his injury. And he was a hell of a hell of an athlete back then before he, before he got hurt and went all Steve Austin mode where he just punched. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, he, uh, his, his tenure in ECW was pretty much him doing a Hulk Hogan impression. <laughs> him, <laughs> him losing to Mikey Whipwreck and then leaving. <laughs> but, um, he then hits himself in the head with a cane because that's a thing you do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back to Joey Styles and he tells us that Chris Candido, Chris Candido is injured, so his match with Lance Storm is canceled. But Candido's in the ring anyway. Right. Uh, giving a speech. And if there's one thing that Chris Candido's great at, it's mic work. Oh, wait, yeah. no, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris Candido, uh, better known as uh, Skip of the Body Donnas. <laughs> this was actually after that phase was already over. And his, well, his, his never wife, but his uh, constant fiance was still in the WWF at the time. Although she would join him shortly because she has her own problems. Sunny? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Sunny is going to go, definitely go on the piece of shit list. (laughs) Uh, Sunny and Chris Candido's uh, relationship pretty much defined by the fact that she constantly cheated on him with Shawn Michaels. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it's, and then she went on to be in porn. Right. It's a whole thing. Uh, Chris Candido is a very, very tragic story. Um, he's, he's, he's again, another one that's not with us anymore. Um, extremely underrated as an in-ring worker. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's a, actually a, a, quite a great wrestler. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and uh, not a talker, <laughs> Alabama, Alabama native was not going to really play with this crowd anyway, uh, with his accent. And he doesn't really say much. He kind of just, uh, cause, cause the, the, you know, the plan was for him to have a match with Storm. He kind of just talks shit, but kind of in a chicken shit way. And then, uh, leaves, uh, crossing paths with Lance and they shake hands. They do the awkward left hand handshake though. Yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> Lance T Storm. Oh boy. T stands for thunder. <laughs> of course it does. I have three words for Lance Storm. <laughs> Dyed blonde rat tail. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, Lance Storm's rat tail. I mean, it's, it's he's the only guy on earth who grows a rat tail and gains personality. <laughs> Did he? Did he really? Because <laughs> I pretty pretty great worker. Mm. I, I think he, I think he got better than he was in this pay per view. Absolutely. Yeah. He's still he's only like twenty six here. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Also, he was playing a good guy, and he's not a good babyface. No, no. Uh, just, yeah, just not, not, not a great personality in wrestling, but a great worker. Yeah, I, I don't know what they were trying to do with that handshake. I <laughs> like to show I, I to show that. that he was a good guy or something, but. He sort really of had a blood feud up to this point where it was like, yeah. Well, actually, I think their feud actually gets much worse after Candido comes back, so maybe it's not as bad. But uh, Weird. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing with that. but Yeah, yeah. because once Sonny shows up is actually when they get like really into their feud. Okay. But um, it, it, Lance Storm, Canadian native. Yeah. 
uh, came in, started with Chris Jericho, uh, another Canadian. Both, both trained at Stu Hart's gym, right? Yeah. Uh, where where uh, uh, someone named Hart may have shown up at some point, <laughs> according to Chris Jericho's book. Uh, the Hart family is, is their own ball of fruit and nuts. Yeah. <laughs> But um, they were obviously the two standouts. Um, and Jim Cornette took them to Smoky Mountain Wrestling, his his regional territory, which is the exact opposite of what ECW is. Uh, very traditional uh, wrestling. Somehow or another, New Jack was still ended up there as well. Wow. Yeah, that's where the gangsters actually originated in Smoky Mountain. Huh. They were they were a Jim Cornette creation. <laughs> really? Because Southern Jim Cornette saw two black dudes, and he assumed they were gangsters. <laughs> Jim Cornette, also kind of a dickhead. <laughs> Jericho went off the greener pastures. Uh, Lance was kind of uh, stuck, not really sure where he was going to go because, again, he was not a great personality. Um, he went to Germany, I believe, for a while, and he, and, uh, he may have also went to Japan for Wrestle and Romance, <laughs> which is the name of the company. All right. Uh, I mean, their initials were war, but yeah. <laughs> But I, sounds, I definitely sounds, know, sounds like a good time. <laughs> you know, hey, look, you just you, you clip out the ad on the back of the magazine. <laughs> so 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 he's one of he's an example of Paul Heyman discovering someone and going, all right, I need this guy because this isn't somebody that's any threat of WCW or WAF taking them yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is uh, Lance Storm's an interesting fellow. <clears throat> yeah. He is definitely his character in, in real life <laughs> Poor as well. Guy. <laughs> he, he he's kind of he kind of has like a sarcastic, dry sense of humor, but he's also kind of like one of those overly pedantic people. Yeah, uh, uh, he very famously once said on a podcast that libraries were basically piracy, <laughs> and I was like, "All right, you were a crazy man." But um. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> his much his much more interesting opponent. A man yeah. by the name of Rob Van Dam. Right. A hell of a replacement. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Amazingly uh, was not going to be on the show originally. And uh a guy who you know goes on to sort of define a lot of ECW. Right? Like there's there's a couple of characters that I would say define ECW. I mean uh, RVD and Sabu are two, Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, and mm. New Jack, right? Mm. But a couple of those guys are, are quite good at wrestling. <laughs> a couple of them. <laughs> R- RVD was basically like, uh, until the, he's, he's the guy that was there till the end, that it made no sense for him to be there till the end. Right. Because even this early on, his whole gimmick is, I'm too good for this place. <laughs> so was is he working at WWF at this point? Around 97, there was actually a phase in WWF where ECW guys showed up on Raw to promote the fact that Barely Legal was happening. Oh. So there were a few episodes of Raw that had like the Eliminators on them, Sabu fighting dudes, the Dudleys, RBD. And it made their fucking show a million times more interesting because that was also the early days of Raw when they were still shooting in that one that one uh, studio or whatever. Sabu, Sabu jumped off the Raw 
the thing to like Taz's cronies and whatnot. Um, so a lot of the build up to this paper, you actually happened on WWF. It was fucking genius, Paul Heyman, because he's like, "Hey, you need talent for your show. <laughs> you need to fill you some hours. I got guys." And he basically got free promotion for his nice. paper. Yeah. Um, but but they're chanting sellout at him. Yeah, because the 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 gimmick with him was that he is basically. Uh, entertaining offers from WWF and WCW all, all the time. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, I mean and, he, he, he plays that up, right? You're talk, mm, talking and, about how he how he's free to work Mondays or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a great line. <laughs> and, and, and him showing up on Raw was basically like just helped fuel to the fire. Yeah. Um, in exchange, they got Jerry Lawler, which I'm not sure was a great exchange, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean much when. You know, Jerry Lawler's there and he's calling someone a pile of crap. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, come on, Jerry. <laughs> People have seen this ECW before. Yeah, no, can, no one really says crap here. <laughs> you, you, you can work blue here, Jerry. It's okay. <laughs> but, 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 but when, but Jerry Lawler's debut is actually one of the most memorable moments of, uh, the whole company history, really, because of what it piggybacks off of. Um, but, um, we'll get to that sure. probably at some point. <laughs> but RVD, Known uh, partaker of of the marijuana. Uh, <laughs> Was he on the cover of High Times? I'm sure. He he uh, he he's made no secret of his uh, proclivities. And uh, but but also like a next level athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially for re- for what wrestling uh, was at the time, a uh, trained kickboxer and uh, martial artist. He actually invented something called the Van Dam lift, which is doing a split between two chairs and lifting. Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, Van Dam does that in Time Cop. Just, yeah. uh, just saying. <laughs> well, you know, I'm beginning, you know, his real name also isn't Van Dam, so. <laughs> no, I think they're related. He's Rob Zikowski. <laughs> uh, Rob Van Dam was another one that was pretty much just plucked from nowhere. Uh, he had a few matches in WCW as Robbie V. <laughs> <laughs> and, and got killed by fucking, I, I don't know who was there at the time, Sid Vicious probably. <laughs> or Vader um, or something. Yeah. Um, so RBD shows up, uh, very quickly, uh, becomes uh, you know a popular act because of just his very unique offense and, and way of carrying himself. Yeah. Um, RVD in real life a very chill dude. Um, he he he's, he's a pot. very yeah yeah <laughs> he's a very zen kind of guy. Um, he he doesn't seem to be very riled up. He is fantastic at playing a cocky dickhole though. Yeah yeah. Um and, and uh, this was actually before he got his iconic music his his Pantera music right. So he comes out to fucking wail by John Spencer Bruce explosion. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> it is super awkward. <laughs> it's, it's it's even worse when you watch on the network because they had to dub over all the themes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I watched I watched a uh, the 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 original the the pay per view airing which has all the real music in it, and it was just like that's not oh yeah I forgot he had. <laughs> <laughs> this for a while, um, but yeah, uh, he he was he was there till the end. Um, even though they owed him a lot of money at the end, like over a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! By by the time that the company was out of business, and but, really uh, the most marketable talent that's probably ever been in ECW. Yes, because you don't immediately you don't immediately look at RVD and go, "This is a problem." Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Uh, like you would with pretty much everyone else. He's not 
you know, super short, uh, which is, you know, he's not fat, he's not obvious, you know, crime history or anything like that. Right. Um, he looks like a pro wrestler. Yeah. Um, and, and especially this point, which was like his physical peak, he could really move. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem with RVD later on was that he never really changed the way he wrestled. But yeah. he... Yeah, he uh, he was on WWF TV as recently as two years ago, and oh wow, in his late in his late forties, still wrestling the same way. Shit, Uh, um, not as fast, right? Obviously, um, yeah. um, (laughs) And it was mostly just kind of standing there and doing spin kicks while people ran into him, right? Um, (laughs) I mean, in in nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine, RVD was the fucking hottest wrestler in the world, right? Right. You know, I, I was the teenager, like, oh, you fucking watch this stupid fucking WWF stuff, man. Yeah, dude. Everything's great. Yeah. The, I, I would never have been able to tell you what a slingshot guillotine leg drop was. <laughs> but at the time, when I first saw, I, like, I, I watched this as it aired. And I had never seen a guy do that in wrestling before. And mm. it blew my freaking mind. RVD was definitely a guy who was. I mean, you see um, that actually all the time now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. RVD was one of those guys where you knew the video game makers had more work to do. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Because they couldn't use the same canned move animations; they had to create all new ones. Yeah, it's not going to work when video game RVD is circling. You know, we're doing a, you know, a test of strength with another guy or something. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He's a. Uh, RVD was definitely a, what we call a spot monkey. He was very much kind of just move, 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 move. Uh, not a whole lot of like stopping to ponder yeah. or like sell anything, <laughs> uh, which was his major flaw. But when he had a guy who could go with him um, and and keep up with him and also remember where to be and remember all the moves he had in mind, yeah, like a Jerry Lynn, um, it there was nothing better. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, Jerry uh, Lynn, another guy who unfortunately does not appear in this pay per view. No, uh, Jerry shows up later, around the same time Just Incredible does, actually. One of the all-time most underrated wrestlers, I think. Absolutely. I, I love that guy. So Jerry, cool. Jerry, Jerry Lynn uh, is, uh, and also a super nice guy, again, one of the, one of the nice guys. Um, super unassuming, like, he's just like, hi, I'm Jerry, with his glasses, but like, and he comes out of the ring, he's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Now, I, I um, mentioned the, uh, slingshot guillotine leg drop. Uh, that was my favorite move at, at 17. But my favorite part of this match at, uh, 36 is, uh, when Van Damme and Storm are out, outside of the ring on the pavement. And, uh, Van Damme is just sort of turning towards Lance Storm and coming up towards him. A guy behind him in the crowd yells, you suck, Van Damme. So he turns around and pushes the guy and then jumps up onto the guardrail and moonsaults off of it onto Lance Storm. Fantastic. One of my all-time favorite wrestling moments, I think. I just love it. Turns around, pushes the guy, and turns it into a wicked move. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I suck, do I? Oh, yeah. Um, for me, for me, uh, the mem- most memorable thing about this, but, and Lance keep, keep, keeps up with him for the most part. Oh yeah, um, yeah, you know, super physically great guy. Although, yeah. although, it's, yeah, yeah. I'm shocked he never learned how to swing a chair. Well, <laughs> okay, well, the RVD doesn't swing a chair; he throws it. 
Right, right. <laughs> like, but there, there is a moment in this match where he's supposed to be hitting Van Damme with the chair, yeah, yeah. and Van Damme is selling it hard. But yeah, the crowd is booing. The crowd's like, the crowd knows he's just tapping him with a chair. <laughs> like, on one hand, good on you. <laughs> you don't want to hurt your fellow right, wrestler, right? Uh, because you know, chair shots to the head became a huge uh, issue with concussions and whatnot, and, right. and uh, definitely something we avoid now. Um, and, and even now, you see a guy with a chair, and it's like the poke to the stomach, hit to the back kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he he gets him love. He gives him little love taps. <laughs> and the crowd boos the fuck out of him. <laughs> um, and he and and he even said uh, he commented on that at one point. He was like, "Look, I didn't know how to sh- swing a chair because I was not a chair swinging wrestler. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I was doing sw- I was doing wrist locks and whatnot. Also, if I could go back and do it again, I still would have done a pussy chair shot. <laughs> you know, no one was going to remember." If I broke his spine with a fucking chair, you know. So okay, so there's like two. There's two m- moments of, well, I guess three if you count the the chair thing. Mm-hmm. But there is another moment where I think Van Dam is like putting the chair down, but like standing it up. You know what I mean? Like like mm-hmm. putting it down like Sabu would. Mm-hmm. But then Lance Storm leg drops him onto the back of the chair as it's standing up. Yeah, and that looked like it could have been extremely dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, there's actually one, um, uh, not, not obviously not this, this show where he and Sabu were doing their like two corners, a double leg drop thing. Yeah. And, and through a chair, uh, through a table on a guy and a part of the table went through his eyelid. Ooh, <sighs> damn it. <laughs> and, and, and like I remember McCoy, I'm like, oh, you know, nope, like, cause obviously. <laughs> I'm a fellow horror fan. Not a whole lot gets me. Eye stuff, though. <laughs> yeah, eye stuff's not fun. I can't do. I can't do eye stuff. Um, and and he was like, "Yeah, I just I just pulled it out." I was like, "Oh, dude, <laughs> dude, no, you don't just no." But uh, and RVD again, also because of his training regimen and the fact he's so flexible, almost never injured. Um, the only notable injury he actually ever had was in ECW when he broke his leg uh, after being television champion for like two years straight. Jeez. Um, and it was and it's always on. It was like on a baseball slide. <laughs> it wasn't on any like crowd dive or anything. It's always a little thing. Right. Uh, also, there. Uh, this match gets the first "you fucked up" chant uh, yeah. when RVD. I mean, you know, you're. If you're doing the most bouncy, crazy, jumpy moves, your chances are you're gonna ha- have the most mistakes. Yeah. Uh, so he did like a, like he did like a back, like jump back to do like an elbow off of the second rope or something. Mm-hmm. And then, and then like wiped out onto the ground and sort of half hit Lance Storm. And then everyone just sort of chanted there, you fucked up, because ECW doesn't let, let you get away with anything. <laughs> no, but but they're also very quick to forgive. All you have to do is just hit another move real quick. And right, like, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> just throw a guy over the ropes onto the pavement. Yeah. They'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, throw, throw 15 ladders into the ring. You'll be fine. That's right. Uh, at one point, Lance also messes up trying to do the Boston Crab. Oh, right. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's but, a good uh, classic move. Yeah, he he would eventually just move to the one leg, which was much smoother looking. Um, that would like become like his finisher. Although he never wins matches, but um, there was actually a point in WCW where he had like three belts at once. <laughs> so RVD, 
does hit the Van Daminator, which is a stupid move, but it was cool at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me throw you this chair and you catch it. <laughs> and just hold it in front of your face for... There we go, okay. And then a moonsault for the win in about ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, the, the rule in wrestling is that when you have a replacement, you always have the replacement win. So, also oh. it was RVDs. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, but, uh, there's a bit of different uh, different uh, levels there. They're both good workers, but yeah, Rob Van Dam yeah. is clearly a more exciting wrestler than Lance Storm. Absolutely, he, he like Rob Van Dam is like the third eliminator, basically here. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, just put the pink tights on and let him flip. It's yeah. <laughs> him, him and Cronus, I'm sure, would have some you know some fun hanging out. Sure, sure. <laughs> but. Uh, then RVD, of course, uh, grabs a mic and uh, talks pretty much from the heart in, in, in kind of a real moment and going, I was originally not going to be on this show, and I just stole it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah exactly. <laughs> right. And he's not lying. <laughs> um, and and this was not scripted. It was just basically him saying this. Um, and and Paul gave people that freedom. So he's like, oh, cool, whatever. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And then, of course, RVD, the crowd tells him to get the fuck out because, you know, he's talking about how he's, you know, he could go anywhere else he wants, uh, basically, as we were saying. Yeah, I I think the last thing he says before dropping the mic is, I'm free to work Mondays. I think I think that's what he says that later. Oh, is it? Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah, he comes back, of course. Yeah, this is where he says, you know, it's for me winning here. I'm worth more money here and more money elsewhere. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh (laughs) The sad thing also is that like RVD is never like a super captivating promo, but he regressed so badly when he went to WWF because they only let him talk in like surfer speak. <laughs> they were only let him say like dude and bro and st- like because they he he never really had like a big heel run in WWF. He was no. always like the you know the dude the dude face. It was like oh whatever dude you know like it was, just, it was bad. But um <laughs> and, and he almost never got promo time anyway. Um and and that is one of my greatest regrets of his his run there is that he never got to be a bad guy because that was like his best part. Really. Yeah. Like, the, the dick. He was great at doing that. Yeah. I mean, he uh, really was very much like a, a Mr. Perfect. Yeah. At, at ECW. Yeah. And, uh, and people loved him because he was so damn good. Yeah. Even when he was supposed to be an asshole. Right. <laughs> so we then cut to our second participant in the main event, which was Terry Funk. <laughs> They refer to his age and say that his this may be his last run at 53 years old. <laughs> Isn't he, like, still wrestling? <laughs> he retired for the 17th time last year <laughs> at the age of 71. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Terry. Terry Funk is one of those people that is probably going to live to 100. Why, yeah. Talk about abuse. He is a great man, first of all. Like, a total sweetheart of a man. If you ever, like, listen to him in an interview or whatever, like, he's very soft-spoken, you know, Texas gentleman. And (laughs) a very uh, insane man. Yeah, well, yeah, you have to be. Um... You know, he he's one of those people that was like born at like age forty, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and just like one hundred percent tough as nails. 
Yeah. Like just from the match tonight, tonight. Yeah. The barely legal match. Like that should take 10 years off your life. Should, should I say matches? I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, the problem is he started with like a, a currency of like year one thousand. <laughs> so he's still good for a while. But um, yeah, Terry is um, his experience actually here was covered in the movie Beyond the Mat. Right, um, right, right, right. Yeah, because that's the beginning of this, or uh, the, the, beginning, tour, yeah. the beginning of Beyond the Mat was uh, is Paul Heyman talking to the guys, right? Yeah, he's having the big speech in the back, um, which was a great speech. Yeah. Paul Heyman is one of those guys. Also, you can, he can motivate you to run in, into an army with a fork. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, and, and that's just a, you know a, a great leader. But um, so Terry has history with Raven as well, and he he got like a lifetime achievement award, um, which I'm sure he has many at this point in his life. Yeah. And then we cut to our next match, <laughs> an international uh, six man match. None of these men are ECW regulars. Uh, they're all from the Michinoku Pro organization in Japan. Yeah. Uh, this is the Great Sasuke, uh, Grand Hamada, and Masato Yakashiji uh, against the Japanese contingent of the Blue World Order. <laughs> I, uh, that sounded so good, you saying that. The Japanese uh, contingent of the Blue World Order. Yes. 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 Uh, Takamichinoku, yeah. Terry Boy, and Dick Togo. Now, Takamichinoku was in WWF for a couple all, years, right? All three of these gentlemen were. Oh, actually. were they really? Um, yeah, because uh, when um, actually maybe like a month or two after this is when Taka went to WWF to become the uh, first light heavyweight champion. Huh. Um, the others, uh, Terry Boy, Dick Togo, and uh, Funaki, were his rivals, Kai and Tai. Oh, okay. So right, yeah, Kai and Tai, I remember. Yeah, Kai and Tai didn't last too long. Uh, Togo and uh, Terry Boy left, and then it was just uh, Taka and uh, Funaki for a while as like right. a tag team, like a comedy tag team. Because yeah, they did like wrestling like, racist, right? Because they overdubbed, right? They dubbed yeah, like English, they did, they did, they, yeah, <laughs> so bad. Which was, I mean, but funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah, they would just they would just, like Taka would just talk for like twenty minutes, and then he would just pass the mic to Funaki, and Funaki would just talk for like enough, like just mouth for like a good twelve seconds, and then it would just be like, indeed. <laughs> it, I mean, it got it got over. So sure, uh, Michinoku Pro actually not named after Taka Michinoku. Oh, uh, it was it's actually named after the Great Sasuke who wrestled as uh, Misu Michinoku or something. Um. <laughs> The Great Sasuke is a uh, is a character. He is actually a Japanese politician. Oh. He is a former member of the Japanese parliament. He actually wore his mask as a legislator. Wow. He's the first masked man to be a part of Japanese government. Wow. That is um, amazing. <laughs> yeah. There's pictures of him, if you Google the Great Sasuke, of him just in like a fucking city hall or whatever, like, wearing his mask. <laughs> so great. Um... Wrestlers becoming politicians is actually a pretty common thing now. Uh, Antonio yeah. Nokia did it, I know, um, a few others. Jesse Ventura. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, in, in Japan, they're much more well respected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, as like athletes and stars and things <clears throat> like that. So Taka, Terry, and Dick are in the BWO, the Blue World Order. There's really nothing to explain. It's a parody of the NWO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. It's it's actually amazing when this match starts because the crowd changes. Yeah, the crowd gets much more respectful mm. and claps a lot. 
Yeah. It's quite interesting to see and 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 that's obviously that's intentional. So mm-hmm. the, so there I mean you could talk about the louts and the drunken maniacs in the ECW crowd, but they, they you know they clearly have uh have some cultural respect for what they're watching. The, the, well, these were the guys who were exchanging the tapes. You know, these were yeah. the guys who were like on the message boards on the, or on early internet, like you know, uh, who knew about these guys. Um, this match wouldn't have worked in any other company, right? It, on a pay per view, right? In the yeah. middle of a fucking pay per view, like, oh, here's here's six guys we never showcased before. Okay, and also, how did all those people have those streamers in their hands the whole show and not throw them until the <laughs> Japanese guys got in the ring? <laughs> I, I do love, I do love the streamers. I, yes. I, 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 the streamers is a great thing. I, I, I do wish that WWF had one guy who did streamers, right? Because uh, that's a common, that's a common indie show thing um, for certain people. But um, I know Brian Danielson had that for a while. But uh, in WCW, well, WCW they mostly threw trash into the ring. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> drinks and garbage. Cause, yeah. you know, and because whatever they were watching was that bad, <laughs> typically. But um, but this match is amazing. Yeah, and this match it, is so fast paced that that I honestly couldn't tell you what my favorite move was or anything because it's so bonkers fast. Like, th- like this was more of a like I would say this is more of a showcase than it is an actual match. It is almost a showcase for Michinoku Pro as a company, really. Right. Um, they actually. Uh, it's actually funny. Michinoku Pro actually went on. They still exist in some capacity. Uh, but they're mostly like a training ground now. I think okay. Ultimo Dragon might be in control of them. Huh. Um, but an offshoot of that was created called Dragon Gate, which is basically like the most exciting Japanese company in the world. Hmm. Or, that's an oxymoron I just said. Most exciting Japanese company in the world. Well, there's only one. Okay. <laughs> but, um, it's, but they're, they're like known for like these fast paced, like Mexican style kind of, you know, like matches with flyers and whatnot. And, yeah. um, this is kind of the prototype of that. And uh, six-man tags are very common in Japan, uh, especially, or just multi-man matches in general, uh, more so compared to America, where it's all a lot of one-on-ones and stuff. Um, it's good because they go at such a hard pace that you need to tag out right. <laughs> and get, get some rest. Like, this match um, is almost too fast. Yeah, like they're doing um, stuff where it's like, wow, I really wish I could see that a little bit slower because that looks amazing. And, and they, they go for and they go for sixteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't feel like it. You no. know, it's it's um, it, it, but but it, that 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 just lends itself well to that. It also keeps them from when when Japanese wrestlers do have one on one matches, it's a lot of just brutal fucking hitting each other. Yeah, um, they can conserve themselves better. So, okay, I can tag in, do a few moves, leave, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the, the other team, uh, just quickly, uh, Grand Hamada, uh, at this point, I think he was almost 50. Yeah, he, lo- he looked pretty old, yeah. <laughs> he, he, was, he, was an, he was a grizzled vet. Uh, but Yakashiji, who basically has no... There's nothing on him I can find. Uh, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Uh, he kind of probably just disappeared. Huh. But the notable thing about him is that he is dressed like a Power Ranger. Yeah, he, and and he was great. Like, he was a, He's awesome. A, awesome in this match, totally. Yeah. Uh, like, this this guy in a green elf suit. <laughs> <laughs> but he but he was a... 
I think I think what it was was he was a, what they call a young boy, um, but that's also just a testament to like he probably only had maybe a year or two experience because wow. I think he was like nineteen. Um, they learn again because they're just their dojos are so like they they train guys so well. That's why uh, when an American guy wants to get better, he goes to Japan. He's like, I'm going to just ex- be here for an excursion for two years, and I will be dramatically better when I get back. Yeah. Um, and it's worked for a lot of guys. AJ Styles did it. You know, he, uh, he didn't really into training, but just working with guys of that style, it's like night and day. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I no idea what happened to Yakuza, unfortunately. But yeah, he was he was definitely probably even more than Sasuke, kind of the highlight of his team. Yeah. Uh, Sasuke had that great moonsault over the guardrail into the crowd. Uh, the highlight for me was the epic three-man pose. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the, the posing is amazing. Because they were holding uh, Yakushiji, right? Mm-hmm. And then one of the guys is, like, kneeling on his back and flexing. Just amazing. So good. Uh, in, in Japan, they actually do this with five guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kai and Tai was, like, a six-man group or something in Michinoku Pro. Uh, so they would do this, and they would have, like, three other dudes doing, like, muscle poses or whatever. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> so great. Especially in Japan, where it's, like, it, it is so honor-bound and, and so, like, respectful. And and, uh, and, and, about the, and just, like, showboating there is seen as so egregious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because... Of just, you know, like, you don't do that. You know, everyone's a face because we're all warriors in this ring and just like, nope, going to do a pose. <laughs> and uh, that's all you have to do to be an asshole in Japan. Yeah, no shit. But, uh, uh, Dick Togo is, is a guy who's actually, I think, really, really underrated as well. Um, he, I don't really know what happened to him, but um, he's he's got a good face for wrestling, just a good yeah. angry face. Right, right, right. Also <laughs> but, a great um, name for uh, a sex restaurant. Or just like an anime villain, <laughs> like, like a like a crime boss. Oh, that's Dick Togo's place. No, don't you don't want to go in there. <laughs> but um, and these are all very small men, but they don't seem that small because of you know they're all in the ring with each other and you know instead right. of being in yeah. the ring with these giants. <laughs> yeah, uh, Paul Heyman or something. Yeah, Dick Togo is like five three or something. <laughs> and Taka is not much bigger than that. But, yeah. Um, there, yeah, there is too much to cover here. Um, they do eventually do like a three-man power bomb. Yes, um, which a which was a move uh, stolen years later by Roman Reigns. And uh, then they they try and fail to do it to Sasuke, and uh, again, they again they 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 just recover and, and do it again, and, and Sasuke counters it. Um, and he eventually does get the win in 1655. This went, <laughs> uh, so, and it's not just like these crazy moves, the way long moonsaults, the crazy double teams, the three mound power bombs. Everything actually seems heightened with this match, mm-hmm. like DDTs, clotheslines, drop kicks. They all seem to hit harder in this match. Mm-hmm. And that's just the Japanese way of doing it. It's yeah. just like they you laying it in, like. There are not, there's not going to be a landstorm chair shot in this in this group <laughs> because it's like no you make it look good it has to look good and solid and yeah you know and that's why if you look at Japanese wrestlers and like their chests are usually like just beat red all the time or, or just they just look fucking so beaten <laughs> because <laughs> they are because <laughs> the strikes the, the strikes they they throw are often indistinguishable from like real fights yeah you know and, and uh 
And, uh, there's, 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 uh, and, and then there's a lot of like guys, especially that go from like MMA, they want to go into wrestling. It's like, oh, all right, I'm just going to hit you as hard as I can. Sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's fight. We're the fucking we're the samurai. Let's do this. We're, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything just looks good. It's it, it, like that was the only mistake in this in this whole match. Really, is just like them trying to powerbomb Sasuke. Um, but but beyond that, it was. It went. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kudos to them. Absolutely. Crowd loved uh, it, too. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, the, the ECW crowd comes back near the end because there's a lot of ECW chants and stuff like that. Because so. that, well, that was well, good and, to see, and, too. Yeah, and and the, the other thing is, like, you know, wrestling at its best is the it's the carnival. You know, yeah. it's like, all right, we have the guy coming out of the cannon. All right, now we have the tightrope walker. All right, now we have the tiger jumping through the hoops. Like, there's variety. Yeah. Um, watching a WWF show or even like a modern WWE show now, it's like, all right, uh, we have the strong man. All right, well, what else you got? Um, Another strong man. Strong man. <laughs> now two girls are going to fight for about 10 minutes. <laughs> and then another the another strong, strong man. man. <laughs> like, can I get a cannonball? Just yeah. one. Man. Nope. <laughs> like, even like their cruiserweight division, they treat guys, they, they teach their guys to wrestle like strong men. It's, yeah. I mean, when it works, it works. When it works, it's great. Yeah. But not everybody can do it. And and, w, and that was a strength in WCW as well, like just the melding of styles. Even just watching like a random Nitro, and it was like a Buff Bagwell versus Rey Mysterio. You're like, right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to watch this because... <laughs> there there, there this was a big, a big uh, Lucha Libre contingent in WCW. Yeah, and, and, and that was pretty much from ECW because once uh, this... Actually, actually, by this time it was already over. But once they lost like the Chris Jericho's and the Benoits and the Dimalinkos and Eddie Guerrero, they replaced it with guys from Mexico like Psychosis and Ray. Super crazy, then, yeah, yeah. And then they got well, Super Crazy came later, but then they got raided. So and it was like, and, and, and Eric Bischoff, who was in charge of WCW at the time, was like, um, "All right, we're going to do that too." Yeah. And again, ECW just constantly getting rated of ideas and of talent and, you know, seeing all these other people do it and try it and not doing it as well. Cause, <laughs> and the WCW Cruiserweight division was great, but it was always like first match on the card. Yeah. yeah. Those guys never got to be anything else. It was, you know, a lot of them were indistinguishable from each other or they would, you know, be in the ring when Kevin Nash showed up and Kevin Nash would give all of them power bombs and make them all <laughs> look like idiots. Yeah. So it's. But um, and and here it was like uh, Ray, Ray. Ray actually told a story once. He was like, I was in a show uh, and I was in the back, and I was like, All right, Paul, me and the psychosis are going to have a match. Uh, what are, what are we doing? And Paul was just like, Have the greatest match of your life. <laughs> Gee, thanks. And he's like, <laughs> and, and he's just like, No, no I, 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 like parameters. How long are we going to go? Let's go as long as you want. <laughs> he's like. Just give me, give me something to work with here, like you know, it, like some restriction, something. What can I do? Do whatever you want. He's <laughs> like, and, and of course, I can't do a Paul Heyman impersonation, but he was, like, he said in his own ways, "I want you to tell your grandchildren about this match." <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. It's just that was pretty good. Like, that was pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. And he's like. Uh, okay, and they they went for like they had like a thirty five minute match. Wow! Because <laughs> he's like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, but uh, it's and, and, and as opposed to going, you know, WCW, it's like uh, you got you got four minutes, right? Oh, okay. Also, there's a commercial break in between. Oh, great. <laughs> 
I can do absolutely nothing. Also, WCW had uh, infamously had like 150 guys under contract that never appeared on TV. Right. Well, and we're just also, collecting paychecks. Also, I imagine that WCW is like, okay, so your match coming up, uh, you got 12 minutes, but first uh, Hulk is going to do a promo. So yeah. we're going to take whatever is left after Hulk's promo, and then that's your match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hulk went long. Uh, he, he, he posed on his bike for another for an extra six, so you're down to about five and a half. <laughs> WCW is a is a a, a great book, um, even for non wrestling fans. I think it's interesting. It's the death of WCW, um, and it just goes into detail about all these stupid decisions they made. Oh, check that out! And all these. Beautiful thing. It's 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 available on audiobook as well, and, and all these terrible decisions they made. It's like all these they could have had everything. They were and they just they they pissed it all away. Well, they were they were ahead in ratings yeah, for they, quite a while, they, right? Like for like they, a year they, or something. They beat WWF for eighty three or eighty four weeks. Wow, um, that's yeah, almost two years. Holy shit! Yeah, they were the biggest company in the world. Uh, I had I had a fucking NWO shirt like everybody did, and it was it was a great time for wrestling, if if not the product, at least for like the industry as a whole, because there were so many jobs out there for guys, yeah, you know, and, and so many guys were getting these huge big contracts, and then it was like, oh, um, egos got in the way, and suddenly you know it was way more important than Hulk Hogan looked good and all this other shit. So it's, a, it's, a, it's another thing WCW stole from ECW. NWO, they stole stole that BWO stuff. <laughs> well, actually, they stole it from uh, a uh, Japan. I had a, I had a uh, had their own version of the NWO. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, that's actually where they stole it from. I didn't actually, I it wasn't it, it, no, it, it I wasn't called it wasn't called the NWO. I was um, simply crafting a joke there, and I did not yeah. know that. <laughs> art, art it, it was life imitating art. Um, but yeah, the, the, like everything, everything successful WCW had, they pretty much stole from someone else. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, the NWO idea came from like an invasion uh, storyline that uh, New Japan had. Huh. So, well, yeah. and then there actually was like a proper NWO contingent of Japan. Uh, so and there was like NWO Japan and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> so this this is kind of what they're parroting here with wow. BWO Japan. Crazy. Um, uh, that's like levels upon levels. Yeah, wrestling's weird. Wrestling's just fucking weird. Well, speaking of BWO, so the third member of the Triple Threat main event. Where, where does he come into this? Stephen Richards clearly had there, some pictures of Paul Heyman or something. Okay, I, I I I've always had a soft spot for Stevie. All things considered, this guy overachieved in wrestling. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he he had things working against him. The fact that he is main eventing a show and he's trying to be a serious wrestler while still being the BWO guy in the cutoff shirt and the shorts. <laughs> He kind of never got out of Raven lackey comedy mode. Um, even when he went to WWF, it was like he was still a comedy guy for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, until the right to censor stuff. Um, I always thought Stevie was kind of underrated as a wrestler, but that was kind of never the focus on him. It was always 
the silly shit with the blue meanie and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, here he well, tries. I guess, kind of, I guess if you anchor yourself to the blue meanie, you look good in a lot, in a lot of ways. You know, <laughs> and then I'll say this about Stevie Richards. He just has a weird face. He, <laughs> he does, just, doesn't he? Cause it's almost like you look at him as like, holy shit, this guy's like super handsome. And then you're like, oh, wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. he, he, that's kind of, it's like, he's like, he's like a handsome gent if you, but then you squint. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and he's, and he's like got a not lisp. I'm not really sure what he has. Um, just his mouth, like, like his teeth are too big for his mouth or something. Um, just the way he speaks. Uh, but he try, he does the bathroom mirror, very serious thing, talking <laughs> about how this is his time and stuff. And then yeah. blue meanie waltzes in to really just ruin the mood that was already kind of not there. <laughs> I, I will say this. It's a pretty good promo, if a little long. It's a little yeah. long. Had it, it, it had it been half as long and Blue Meanie came in, I I would have appreciated it a bit more. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it was probably like, Paul, what do you want me to say? Say whatever. <laughs> have the greatest <clears throat> promo of your life. Well, this this one was definitely planned out because it started off in black and white. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> For mood. Speaking, speaking of promo, man. We then cut back to the ring. Yeah. Uh, for our next match, uh, one of the best themes in ECW plays, which is uh, the theme of Shane Douglas, uh, which is uh, Perfect Strangers. <laughs> Shane Douglas. <laughs> um, man, I have mixed feelings on Shane Douglas. He's a he's a weird guy, right? Like, yeah. Like I I I find it interesting. And really telling that he's like the jumping off point of ECW as we know it, mm-hmm. because he he's still very much tied to that old school era in a lot of ways. Handsome, again, like I like I mentioned, Mister Perfect. He's very much that kind of heel, mm-hmm. uh, but but a little bit more evil. Uh, but mm-hmm. the, but he still sort of stomps around and acts like an '80s wrestler in a lot of ways. He, he acts a little bit like Ric Flair, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you turn around and you see the guy's got a chair, you drop to your knees and wave your hands. Like, no, 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 don't hit yeah, me, yeah, don't, yeah. right? He's very much like that. It's and, and that's great, like, because that's like that brings me back to like watching this. It brought me back to the '90s, but seeing him do stuff like that brings me back to like 1985. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and 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 so, and so that's kind of fun. But then he's also like. A, a pretty violent worker in the ring. Like he does these pretty brutal moves and, and is not afraid of looking like a complete shit bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and, and I, 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 that's why he was a good choice to kind of bridge that gap from mm-hmm. like the NWA tradition to the, to what the new ECW was going to be. Because if, you know, the, the Sandman did that promo or something, it was like, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah. But the fact that it was, you know, it was this guy who should have been, you know, one of those like mainstay staples of a bigger company. Um, the story of St. Douglas is pretty much about how he was supposed to be those things and never happened, and it kind of never happened for him. Yeah. Where he was kind of a spectacular failure. He was actually, he started his career in the early 80s, I want to say. Uh, he'd been around for a long time. He was actually in WWF in the Hogan era. Wow. I want to say, or a little bit later, or maybe a little bit after that. 
but like he was like the young, fresh faced blonde kid, you know, coming in and doing matches and, and, you know, like losing like house show matches to the British Bulldogs or whatever. Sure, sure. And then he went to WCW and became one half of the classic tag team, the Dynamic Dudes. (laughs) (laughs) They both came out on skateboards, despite the fact that neither of them could ride a skateboard. Oh, God. (laughs) The Dynamic Dudes were the most hated tag team in the world. They were supposed to be faces, but they were booed out of every building. (laughs) Once Shane was gone from there, he was hired by the WWF to be... Uh, and and the way Shane tells it, that he was pretty much, you know, uh, Ric Flair held him down and all these other things and gave him this stupid idea. And uh, he went to WWF, and he was promised the world by Vince McMahon, and uh, he then got a teacher gimmick <laughs> as, as Dean Douglas, which, you know, because when I want to go to the wrestling matches, man, I got to see the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like uh, who's main eventing? Ultimate Warrior? Is, you know, uh, no, Dean Douglas. Oh, okay. Well, man, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna wrestle, and then I'm gonna do homework. What? Like what? <laughs> yeah, that, that is a real heel. <laughs> Dean Douglas did not uh, did not do well. He did he he lasted like maybe a month <laughs> or so um, before he was quickly exiled, and you know went went. Back to ECW and Paul Heyman saw, okay, we can do something better than teacher with this guy. Yeah, and he saw this real bitterness that you know he had for all, you know all these failed opportunities, and that basically fueled this character. And he became the franchise, which was kind of like he was going to be the ECW Ric Flair guy. Yeah, you know he yeah. was going to be he was going to be kind of the one normal guy in this world of just fucking misfits. That, he you did know, that really, really well. Yeah. The, pro- the problem with Shane, though, is that, first of all, he never evolved <laughs> past this stage. Mm. Everything he, like, he he was kind of incapable of cutting a promo without whining about other other companies, <laughs> just cursing all the time. And and, and, and and that was pretty much his promo here, where he was like, I was calling these punks out from these other companies. And, like, if you would ever ask Ric Flair what he thought of Shane Douglas, Rick would be like, who? Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, like, you could talk shit about a guy all you want, but if he doesn't give a shit about you, he still wins. Yeah, um, right, right. Um, and and that, that was kind of the story of his life. And uh, he burned so many bridges that he kind of, like, when ECW died, he kind of had nowhere to go. Yeah. And there's like stories <laughs> right. of like he, him working at like a Target or whatever. And, oh no! Um, which I'm like, hey man, look, work at Target, honest, honest work. Sure, sure. Um, but um, but for a prominent but, member of you yeah. know, a very influential company and a very intelligent man, um, he he also has like a teaching degree as well. I think. Hmm. Um, because the, the, like the Dean Douglas was, thing didn't come out of was, nowhere. Wasn't but. fucking around for the Dean thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm but, gonna go get a teaching degree and then I'll be the Dean Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, like there are rare cases of the guys who were, uh, you know, smart enough to understand that there was an expiration date on the whole wrestling thing and right. gave themselves a fallback plan. You know, like D'Lo Brown was like an accountant or something. You know, I used to love D'Lo Brown. D'Lo was awesome. I am a D'Lo fan, but um, well, uh, uh, Earthquake was a teacher as well. Really? Yeah, he actually taught my friend's brother math. I think. 
Because he's like he's like from my hometown in like Surrey, BC. I I forgot he was Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to th- hold on. John Tanta, another one who is longer no longer with us, unfortunately. Yeah, John Tanta. That's right. Um. Oh, it doesn't say anything about teaching, but yeah, from Surrey, BC. Uh. He was he was a sumo I know before. <laughs> he was a large baby weighing eleven pounds three ounces at birth. Holy shit! <laughs> he uh, was a big dude. Learned freestyle wrestling at North Surrey Secondary and uh, Canadian Junior Champion in 1981. Doesn't say anything. Yeah, and then sumo career after that. Hmm. But uh, it doesn't say anything. But yeah, he was. Uh, I, th- I think a math teacher. Really? Yeah. Can you imagine? Fun, you imagine fun facts, the more you know. <laughs> you know, he, 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 uh, from all accounts, he seems like a really, he, you know, big teddy bear, big friendly guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, we lost him back in 06, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, he, but he was everywhere. Um, and he, big dude, very underrated, I think. Um, for a big guy, he could still move. He had a presence about him. Um, his WWF run was uh, cut short, unfortunately, by you know, the Hulk Hogan machine, but I think he definitely had more life in him. Um, then he went to WCW and became a shark. <laughs> right, right. Wait, uh, wasn't, he, he, wasn't he Avalanche at WCW? He was, he was Avalanche, and then the Dungeon of Doom happened. We could have uh, oh, God. hours yeah, on the yeah, Dungeon yeah, of yeah, Doom. Yeah, yeah, okay. Not where where he, we can't talk about them right now. <laughs> yeah, he had... He actually had... A, We've already uh, been doing this for two hours. <laughs> yeah, he, he had like a tattoo of like, I guess, whatever the LSU uh, mascot was. He actually had that changed to a shark. <sighs> oh, man. So, so he could be a more convincing shark or something. I don't know. Because sharks have shark tattoos. I look. I I don't know how it works, but <laughs> but uh, I, I do know. Whenever I played WrestleFest, I always picked him. <laughs> Great big man. Great big man. Yes, absolutely. So 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 from a large hairy Canadian man, we're going to go from that to to a, to a a more pleasant subject. Um, that is the that is Francine. <laughs> I was just gonna say because. Joey Styles kills me when when they're getting in the ring. What is he? Look at that shameless hussy. <laughs> I'll say this for Francine: uh, she helped teenage Damien go through a lot of uh, confusing times. Yeah, <laughs> learning about himself. <laughs> I get it. I'm I'm more of a Beulah guy myself, but Beulah also. Look, there was room. Dawn <laughs> right. Marie right. was was the, the highlight mm. of my ECW time. For, right. in Dawn, terms of Dawn know, Marie was pretty amazing. Yeah, she she was incredible. Um, Definitely for, one one thing that ECW had over any other wrestling promotion, I think. It, it, especially at that point, because women were so underutilized. Um, I mean, now it's great because like women are actually like respected as wrestlers as they should be, and there's yeah. a lot of great women having badass matches. Yeah. Um, but is in terms of like the eye candy, the valet yeah. stuff. Women in ECW appealed to the reptilian brain <laughs> of like these, and, and again, accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. Francine was not what you would call a traditional pretty woman, no, but she was slutty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, again, uh, more great chants. This this match actually uh, has two great chants. One of them is directed at Francine. 
uh, she's got herpes. <laughs> yes. A couple thousand people saying that's pretty bonkers. <laughs> and, uh, she was, she is a good sport about it, um, obviously. Oh, she played she, into it, right? I mean, yeah. why not, right? <laughs> um, uh, and, and her chemistry with Shane was so much so that everyone was convinced that, uh, they were having an affair. Right. Um, and she was and, actually, and, she was actually married and he was married at the time too, right? She was not that not, that really, that doesn't he, really says anything about well, wrestlers, but well, well, yeah, I mean, he was, he was married. She was not, she actually went on to date dreamer for a while. Oh, okay. Um, and then she got married to some other guy and now she's a mother, which this is going to be an interesting conversation to have with those kids. <laughs> uh, well, here's what mommy used to do, but, um, what are they, what are they chanting? No, don't worry about it. <laughs> Do more burpees. Yeah, they were yeah. saying, they were saying that I didn't have much, uh, definition on my, on my sides. They wanted me to do more burpees. Actually, better yet, just don't show this at all, cause she's not wearing much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At all. She's like, she's wearing like uh... the Victoria's Secret catalog. <laughs> <laughs> and this was a, and this was a regular occurrence for her. She 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 normally did not wear um, wear very much. Um, but Francine was originally the uh, manager of the Pitbulls, right? Uh, who were a, a a tag team. Uh, we can say that much about them. Not much else beyond that. Um, but the story of this match was that uh, Shane Douglas had broken uh, Pitbull number one's neck, yeah. with a DT. And Pitbull number two was out for... There's actually, a, like, 15 plot threads going on here. Pitbull number two is out for revenge. Yeah. At the same time, there is a masked man... Right. ...who who said he was going to make uh, Shane Douglas's life miserable. And basically, the stipulation is... Well, first of all, it's for the television championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if Pitbull number two loses... Uh, the masked man has to re- to reveal himself, and everyone assumes that it's Rick Rude. Yeah, uh, who at who that year actually would be the only man to appear on a WWF show, a WCW show, and an ECW show simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Because <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, the WWF one was pre-taped or something, right? Yeah, it was it was a pre-taped WWF he had, show. Like, he had like no mustache, and then showed up with a mustache <laughs> on the exact same night on WCW and ECW. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Rick Rude, um, again, who's only with us, um, he is a, like, a notorious wrestling badass. Um, you know, always carried, like, a fucking magnum in his car with him. Like, just a, a guy you don't want to fuck with. This, this is the guy that Randy Savage hired to be his bodyguard when he was champion. Yeah. So that he could go into a bar without someone trying to challenge him to a fight. Yeah, you do not fuck with the Minnesota the Minnesota wrestlers, basically any and, of them. And Hogan wouldn't wrestle them, right? Like never did and wouldn't. Um, there were a few reasons for that. Um, I, they they used Rude mainly to like get Warrior over. Yeah. Um. So by the time like Rude had a chance, he was kind of damaged goods. Um. But I also think yeah, there was there was more to that as well between the two of them. Like he, I don't know, he, he may have been afraid that Rude was going to hurt him or something, but yeah. um. Uh, Rude, uh, by this point, was already done pretty much as a full-time wrestler. Yeah. Uh, he made a killing on an insurance settlement, as a few others did. Um, but he was going, he was actually, um, before he died in, I think, 99, he, uh, was going to, he was, like, planning for a return or whatever. But, um, like, in terms of, like, guys who were in shape, <laughs> Rick Rude was, was definitely there. And, and, and he used to come out with a smooth operator, which is fucking fantastic. <laughs> 
what a truly, truly, truly great heel. Yes. Just, Absolutely. He'll come out, he'll pick a chick out of the, a chick out of the audience and make out with her and just, you know, threaten to take your wife and, oh man, so good. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 <laughs> didn't he like, who, uh, I can't remember who it was, but he, he like had his, Pants airbrush with a picture of somebody's wife. Oh, Jing, Jing the Snake, yeah. Jing the Snake, that's right. <laughs> the Battle of the Mustaches. Oh, Jesus right Christ. So good. Yeah. Um, it, it's pretty great now because, like, whenever they put them in a video game, they have to, like, kind of pick what type it's going to be. <laughs> and inevitably, it's going to be, like, the one that have like, the ultimate warrior's face on them or something. It's like, <laughs> but, um... It's it's he's a he's a character for sure, um, and we will get we will get to him uh, in a bit. Uh, but uh, so it's Pitbull number two versus Shane Douglas. Compelling name uh, for a wrestler. Yeah, who who went about like what was like the coin flip? Well, like, who's going to be Pitbull two? You're called the Pitbulls. Why don't you just like I don't know Sp- Pitbull John Spike, or Pitbull Rod Spike Spike and Fang or you know like. Choose Demolition it, yeah. Yeah, like, stupid. Like, do something other than Pitbull 1 and Pitbull 2. Or, is, it, or, is that or, what you want your career to be? I was Pitbull 2 <laughs> for five years in ECW. You weren't even, you weren't even, you, you weren't even Pitbull 1, you were Pitbull 2. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Holy shit. Pit, I just clicked on Pitbull his name. Pitbull A and Pitbull 1? Dude, you know? I, just click, I just clicked on his name. He actually went by Pitbull Spike. Did he? I I pulled that name off the top of my head. I let's see. Pip, yep, there we go. Pitbull Spike. Holy shit! Well, Gary Wolf probably went as Pitbull Rex. No, oh, look at that. Wow, wow. So I, I don't know why they went with the numbers. Weird. It actually, it might have been like a. Um, I don't know this, but uh, maybe of like a holdover from when Francine was their manager and she kind of had a dominatrix thing going on. Oh, uh, okay. And so they're like, you're just number one and number two. Yeah. Um, but you think once, you know, they laugh, she's like, actually, my real name is Spike. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a real person. Yeah, I'm a real man with a real name. <laughs> I have a name. It's Pitbull Spike. <laughs> <laughs> Pitbull number two, also not with us anymore. Um, oh, man. Uh, the, the nicest thing I can say about Pitbull number two is that he... Um, he was a member of the Pitbulls. <laughs> He's the only wrestler I've ever seen, other than Shane Douglas, wrestle in the ring when the crowd is chanting, break his neck. I'll tell you that much. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah. The Pitbulls were fucking terrible. Uh, again, they were a great example of uh, Paul Heyman making something out of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, both of them were bad. <laughs> He made Pitbull number two look like a fucking killer. Um, the Pitbulls did not have a long run in ECW, though, because um, better teams showed up very quickly. Like, you were not going to put these... Like, you look at the Eliminators and look at these guys, like, okay, right. we don't really need you anymore. No, no, totally. Like, even, even the Dudleys fucking class this joint up a bit more. Yeah. Um, so this match, I fucking hated this match. <laughs> it uh, sure went on long, didn't it? I had a fucking birthday during this. <laughs> this match may actually still be happening. <laughs> Who decided this needed to be 21 uh, fucking minutes? Oh, man, it was a long match. Although I, <sighs> uh, although I will say, 
Uh, I do love the fact that the ref is cool with a guardrail in the ring, mm-hmm. uh, but not paper streamers. <laughs> and uh, and also, uh, Francine hands Shane Douglas uh, 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 brass knuckles at one point that he mm-hmm. hi- that he hides from the ref. And yet he uses tables, chairs, guardrails, the the, the 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 timekeeper bell, right? All those things are okay, but the only things that are illegal are brass knuckles and paper streamers that the ref has to kick out of the ring immediately. Uh, we were talking earlier about wrestling psychology. Yeah, there was <laughs> right. <laughs> there was none here. These <laughs> these two hated rivals should have had like a seven minute slugfest. <laughs> Within a minute, Pitbull's doing fucking headlock takeovers. <laughs> Just having a grappling match with this guy who broke your partner's neck when you should be fucking holding a machete at his throat. <laughs> I and, and, and I'll admit, I skipped around, and every time I would skip forward a few seconds, Pitbull was hitting a clothesline. <laughs> Yeah, not not quite the grudge match of the century, for sure. No, not at all. This was fucking terrible. <laughs> like, the only things of note was that at one point, Douglas is placed. He is not thrown, he is not dropped, he is not slammed. He is placed through a table. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can't all be winners. Or anywhere near good. Yeah, um, Pitbull number one at some point. Or I'm sorry, Pitbull Rex. <laughs> Pitbull, oh, Pitbull Steve. He, he attacks, and the security tries to take him away, and in doing so, rip off his neck brace. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you have a broken neck and you're wearing a neck brace, it should probably hurt a lot if someone tears that neck brace off. Well, well that, well that. Just, you know. I like that that's what the security guard reaches for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would stop him. Oh, it should, shit. in theory, if he knew what he was doing. Oh, my God. But yeah, we, we forgot to mention, uh, Shane pretty much has a whole riot squad with him. Yeah. To protect him uh, from the clotheslining pit bulls. <laughs> that's, like, one of the three moves he knows. Look out. <laughs> At some point, a guardrail gets into the ring. Awkward slamming and stuff when it happens. <laughs> Brass knuckles get involved. That doesn't lead to the end of the match. Somebody kicks out of brass knuckles. Yeah. And then Shane Douglas wins with a wrestling hold. A <laughs> belly-to-belly suplex. Right. As if it was a fucking high school gym and he was going for points. Because <laughs> after you've had a match with fucking chairs and guardrails and brass knuckles, a suplex. Right, right. It's going to be the thing that puts him away. Well, if the brass knuckles didn't work, throwing him onto his back will. Sure, you know, <laughs> that's that. That this is not Shane Douglas's best at going. The psychology. I yeah. I actually do like Shane Douglas a lot. His I like him more than most people, if only for the fact that most people hate him. Right. But but he's he gives good matches a lot of the time. This one mm. this one was not one of them. Yeah, definitely. definitely also, if you're feuding with a guy whose name is Pitbull Two. It's probably not going to lead to the most exciting thing you're ever going to see. Yeah, he, he was not going to pull a classic out of Pitbull Deuce. <laughs> However, there is a great moment in this part of the pay-per-view. Mm. And it's and it's <laughs> the end. No, at the end, 
when the masked man comes to the ring. Mm. Pretty, pretty in, the, in the most obvious robe. Right, right. <laughs> Basically saying, hey, I'm Rick Rude. And, and that face, that face looks like Rude. Yes, he, he does, he does make a good, like, Rick Rude chin. Whoever, whoever the hell this guy is. What's his name? This was, this was Brian Lee. Brian Lee, okay. Uh, he, he, well, he, first he kisses Francine, cause, I mean, if you're gonna pretend to be Rick Rude. Right. That's your um, chance right there. He, there you go. <laughs> um, Douglas attacks him and he unmasks himself as Brian Lee. Uh, Brian Lee is. Oh, actually, he was the fake Undertaker. He was the Underfaker, yep. <laughs> Ah, oh, shit. Oh, man. Uh, That's upsetting. Poor, poor guy. Uh, he, he then went on to so be... He, so, the, he, so he got to be... His career highlights are fake Rick Rude and fake Undertaker. And fake Crush after, later on, because he was in the fucking Disciples of Apocalypse, like a biker gang uh, oh. kind of thing, with a Crush and two skinheads. Huh. Um, yeah, he... His biggest his biggest point was a feud with Tommy Dreamer um, in early ECW or okay. earlier ECW, I should say. Um, he didn't have much. Honestly. Yeah, he was, he, I he didn't. Was, he, sorry, I didn't see ECW. I don't think until like ninety five or early ninety six. Mm. Yeah, he he was not around long. Um, he he was around like the Louis Spicoli era of like, <laughs> right? Stuff. Um, yeah, but like it should it should tell you it should tell you something in that you are friends with the Undertaker, yet you still couldn't keep a job. Yeah, no shit, <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> the, one of those longest lasting guys in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure he could he could do a favor, but um. Yeah, Brian Lee just doesn't really have a whole lot here. But the the, the important thing is one of the riot guys unmasks as recruit. Right. And uh, there's a, there's a choke slam, and that's pretty much the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Rude Rick doesn't Rude, last a whole lot longer there. But, Rude uh, yeah. goes to hit him with a nightstick, but then dr- throws it, and mm-hmm. then punches him. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that that how? And then, and then I believe so. And then gets Kevin Lee to choke slam him. Brian Lee, so memorable. Yeah, Kevin Lee. Ke- oh, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Rex, Spike, Kevin, you Bill, whatever, whatever. You know that guy. Pitbull, Pitbull Kevin. A fake, a fake yeah. Rick Rude. <laughs> he will forever be fake Rick Rude and not even fake Undertaker anymore. That's that's fine. <laughs> we then we then cut to a promo from the uh, other participant in the other main event, our friend Raven. Right. Uh, Raven is sadly underrepresented on this pay per view. Yeah. Um, arguably, probably the best character ECW ever created. Before this, uh, Raven. Uh, was Scotty Flamingo. Oh boy. A, like, you know, a cocky, <laughs> like, California tanned, like, buff heel. Oh man. <laughs> there is footage I need you to watch. It is actually, um, he, he used to come out to a particular theme song. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, uh, One Hit Wonder Dino. Dino. He he had a, he had a hit song called "I Like It." I don't think so. Okay, that used to be Raven's theme back when he was Scotty the Body. <laughs> uh, oh man, 
and I'm going to post in the thread for this episode a uh, a, a little a little a little clip because uh, Scotty the Body would come out in the hottest '90s fashion uh, <laughs> with like '90s headbands and whatnot, coming out to this uh, funky. Uh, white boy pop music with two African-American ladies dancing next to him oh, as man. if trying to give him some sort of cred. <laughs> he would then jump in the ring and dance himself. Oh, boy. And it's like, no fucking wonder you're depressed, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he, would then go to, he, he would then go to uh, WWF. They would look at him and go, you're, you're too tiny to be a wrestler, so you're going to manage the Quebecers. Oh, I didn't know that. He was Johnny Polo. Wait, he wasn't like the regular Quebecers manager, was he? He was. He he was. Holy shit! Google Johnny Polo. Okay. He, he also managed Adam Bomb. Because I just I just Googled Quebecers and it just brought up a. Wow. How weird is that? I typed yeah. in Johnny and Johnny Polo is the first answer before Johnny Depp. Johnny Cash. He's, he's he's a pretty big deal. Apparently. But just look look at this guy. <laughs> oh my god. And, oh my and, god, and, that's him. Yeah. Sweet shit. This is unbelievable. That, now now type in Scotty Flamingo. <laughs> oh god. Oh, I don't need to because there's images right at the top. Oh, look at this. You know there's two Okay, so Google image search Johnny Polo and then you know mm-hmm. how they have like Related, related image searches above it. Oh, yep, right above. I see, yep. It's Scotty Flamingo and Beulah McGillicuddy, and you're going to make me click on Scotty Flamingo. I, I can open two tabs at once. I'm just going to say I'm going to command click on that and then save that tab for later. Oh, yep, my right, right. Lord. <laughs> Is that not the most 90s wrestler? It's, it's like AC Slater. Yeah, I was going to say AC Slater did something, but no, it's like AC Slater. Yeah. So, Jesus Christ. Paul Heyman took this guy. Is that DDP like, that he's standing with? Oh, possibly. my Lord. It is. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I see it. Yeah, that one. The, the, yep. That jacket is out of control. Oh, yeah, because Raven and DDP are Back buddies. that up. Those mm. jackets are out of control. <laughs> the one that says DDP in sequence? <laughs> yeah, that one. And And this one that is both purple, pink green and black and white striped I, yep that is uh, Beulah saved me from this there we go <laughs> you know it's uh she had a day yep yep but um so <laughs> he went to ECW and was like alright you're not going to be Scotty the Body anymore <laughs> and I'm sure he was upset and, and, and well, well, well again Raven Again, this is pretty much all his own creation. Um, you know, he, he 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 just said, "All right, what do you want to be?" And this is pretty much the result of him going through that time and going, "All right, these are all these people that aren't me." Um, so it's, it, it, now, if you talk to Raven, he's actually not like a depressed guy. He's actually just some like fast talking guy from New York uh, that talks maybe a little bit too much, but thinks very highly of himself. Yeah, but it's a, a super smart guy. Um, and, and this was the exact kind of character that this company needed. Um, he, he could be a little bit uh, plotting with his promo sometimes, but this one was fine. 
um, especially compared to the other three guys. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Terry didn't cut a promo, but you know, it's like this. <laughs> well, this is a guy. That- Terry looked longingly at his father's grave because he dedicated yeah. this match to his father, who died like. 20 years earlier. (laughs) Dory Funk Sr., you know, died in the Civil War. (laughs) Yeah. um, Oh, shit. We then, we then, we we should have had a reverse order of these promos because we go from Raven to Taz. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'll say this. For Taz, the, the towel look is is really good. Yeah, yeah. this it's, is it's the, this is fun. the best Taz promo you're ever going to get. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is every Taz promo you're ever going to get. <laughs> They're all the same. Um, but I mean, but it's like again, it's hiding the negatives. She's like, we don't have this great studio with this lighting, so all right, cool, towel over your face, <laughs> put a towel on your head, you, let's do it. <laughs> you know. Oh, beautiful. So, so do you know the story of Taz? I don't, actually. Okay, so Taz actually used to actually be the Tasmaniac. He actually used to be, like, a cartoon caveman. Huh. Uh, and he kind of was still the same guy that had, like, long, greasy hair, because wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so what had happened with him was that he then had his neck broken from a pile driver and was out for a while. Um, and during that time, he was like, I'm not coming back as the fucking Tasmaniac. <laughs> <laughs> You're not putting the fucking Barney Rubble singlet on me anymore, <laughs> you know. And, and that's when they kind of came up with the idea for Taz. Taz is another perfect example of getting the absolute most out of something. Right. Uh, Taz is a fucking brilliant gimmick. Taz the wrestler is like five foot eight. Yeah. He is a tiny man. He's like five foot eight tall and five foot eight wide. Yeah, he is round, <laughs> but he's stocky as shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not calling him fat. Yeah, he, I mean he got he got fat later. He's a he's a square piece of muscle. He, yeah, he is a, he he is he, he looks like like if you need help hauling a truck. You know? Like him and Rhino, you just tie right, one end. Right. Uh, but he, but like he, he has a body that is perfectly suited to throwing dudes, right, right. Which he and, did and, very frequently. Yeah, and and, and 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 again, evidenced by when he went to the WWF, they looked at him like, "Oh, you're really tiny," you know. <laughs> Here, you never paid attention to how small Taz was. No, because the presence of Taz was eight feet tall. <laughs> Yeah, he entered a room. He enters this fucking place with a fucking posse. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's got Bill Alfonso as his goddamn hype man, just Uh, jumping around. uh, Can I just say, uh, top three most annoying wrestling personalities of all time? He was definitely better in later incarnations. Um, Bill Alfonso was a former ref. Um, it's it, it's real funny watching if you look at old WWF photos and you see him just being the ref. Okay, um, amazing. But and, and w- when I'm watching a wrestling match, I never think you know what would make this better. Whistles. Yeah. Someone blowing a fucking whistle the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Fonzie was a weird manager in that. Like the point of getting a wrestling manager is to have somebody that cuts like better promos for you or something. But right. Fonzie was worse than every goddamn fucking guy he managed. Yeah, the he absolute worst. Yeah. 
but but people wanted to see him get his ass kicked, so that was useful. Um, and he he did have a he did have a bloodbath with Beulah at one point. So right, right, and she kicked the shit out of him. It was fantastic. <laughs> she and basically, and basically, the story with that was he basically saved his job um, <laughs> by bleeding for her because he was about to get fired. Because uh, Todd Gordon, uh, the relationship with Todd Gordon and Paul had fallen apart because Todd was part of this big coup to steal guys and basically take them to WCW. And uh, Bill Alfonso was part of it. And Bill went out there. He's like, all right, this is my last night. Uh, you're going to get the shit beat out of you by, by Viola. And he did such a good job of getting like just bloodied and beaten that he saved his job. Wow. Yeah, Bill Alfonso didn't really go anywhere after this either because <laughs> like, where the fuck were you going to go? Right. Uh, <laughs> But but the, but the Taz gimmick was great also because the uh, tap outs were not a thing in wrestling until Taz. Oh, he originated that. Um, before it was just like verbal submissions. You know, you'd be put in the sharpshooter and you just say, right. "I quit." To the right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, but but Paul had the, his pulse on like you know UFC and all these other things and just like creating this feel of like this fighter, you know, um, and, and like. Creating the big fight feel, and that's kind of what this mixed match was all about. Was you know, seeing a, creating a match that people wanted to see, and they yeah. built it for like a year and a half. Oh, really? Yeah, where, where Taz would keep. They, they, yeah, see, well, if the last match was half as long, they would have had time for a video package. <laughs> but the, the whole gimmick was that Taz was calling Sabu out for like a year straight, and Sabu wouldn't wouldn't answer. And then finally, one show, the lights go out, and Sabu shows up, and he's like, all right, I accept your challenge. And, you know, that's because that's the pay-per-view. Yeah. This really could have made him into the show. Sure, yeah. It was um, super exciting. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so that whole aura around this was, it was and, and really, that's wrestling at its core, seeing two dudes you know can kick somebody's ass. Yeah. And you're going to put them against each other and see what happens. Because on one hand, you had Taz, who is this little spark plug of anger, <laughs> yeah, who, who would just toss people. And then on the other side of it, you have Sabu. <laughs> Possibly the human being capable of taking more pain than anyone else on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'll say this, too. like Taz's best matches were with ECW, by far. Yeah. And then Sabu is, like I mentioned at the near the beginning of this episode, one of the guys you think of when you think of ECW. Yeah, Sabu was there from pretty much the beginning. Um, right the original information. Yeah. Well, he left to go. He left due to issues, <laughs> um, like commitments and stuff. He went to Japan and whatnot. Um, he left a little bit before everything was over. Oh, okay. But um. He was, Sabu was very much like the definition of a renegade kind of wrestler, very independent, very stubborn. Um, there were a lot of falling outs. Pretty much every six months he had a falling out with Paul Heyman, it seemed like. Um, he had a lot of Japanese commitments he would do. He went to WCW for like a month, which was <laughs> real weird. Yeah, that's, that doesn't if you, jive, really. He was actually on the first episode of Nitro. Really? Yeah, if you actually go to like the first week, week or so, or like the first month of Nitros, Sabu's on every show fighting like Alex Wright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he actually fights Jerry Lynn because uh, Jerry Lynn was in WCW as Mister JL under a mask. Right, right. Um, and and just even like just throw people through tables and just like they never did anything with him. He just had like he had a bunch of matches and then he left because <laughs> he's like uh, they're not paying me enough, so I'm leaving. Oh, okay. Huh. It, it was it was real weird. Yeah, but, no um, doubt. 
But 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 with when Sabu started in ECW, his original gimmick was he would come out on a gurney with a Hannibal <laughs> with a, a Hannibal Lecter mask. That's fitting. It was it was the coolest shit in the world. And, and uh, like I was like, why did they stop doing it? And he's like, I because I I got blown up by the time I was in the ring. <laughs> Because they wanted me to sit here and fight these fucking straps for you know twenty minutes while I'm going down the <laughs> ring and then and going to the ring and have a match. <laughs> the thing with Sabu and Sabu will unfortunately he's one of those guys who should die, who should die a millionaire, but unfortunately he will probably die broke because he killed himself for wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the thing with Sabu and he gets a lot of shit uh, was that he fucked up a lot. For me, that made the Sabu character better because with Sabu was this aura of uncontrolled danger. If you're un- if you're this uncontrollable savage, you're not going to have very clean leg drops, right? You know? Right. Well, the thing about him, he was very much a comic book character. Yeah, like he was constantly in pain. Like he's mm-hmm. always like clutching his stomach or his ribs or his shoulder or something, right? Yeah. And then like kneeling on the ground because he couldn't quite stand up properly. So like there was always this, like uh, whether it was put on or likely v- completely valid. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, like I, as uh, you know, as far as I understand, he doesn't have a hip. Yeah. Like, um. Like, like this is a guy that definitely put it all on the line. And this is also, like, really the first sort of classic ECW match of the night. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it begins with blood and then, you know, goes into the crowd and all that crazy shit, right? Yeah. Whenever I think of Sabu, I actually think of him with, like, something taped up. Right. <laughs> Be it his ribs or his neck or his shoulder. Or taping his bicep back into his arm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, no. He, I think he. I think originally he glued his bicep. Well, no. During the match. Which, oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. the Terry Funk barbed wire match. Yeah, yeah. He got thrown into the ropes and yelled over at Bill Alfonso to get him tape, and he came back with tape. And Sabu was taping up his arm as fucking uh, Terry Funk was. Uh, I don't know what he did. Did he? It wasn't a power bomb, but. Or maybe he body, yeah, he body slammed him onto two open chairs. As, that, as was, that was a match I watched once. As he's taping up <laughs> yeah. his arm while he's doing it. Yeah, but I think I think I think afterwards he went backstage and was like, "All right, I'll just glue this." Well, I'm sure. I'm sure he. Well, he wrestled the next week. Yeah, like the next week was Hardcore Heaven '97, I think. Obviously, he's a man that's not going to really uh, be able to get a get a good insurance uh, rate going. Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and yeah, it's just again, it's caught up to him a lot. Uh, yeah. He's in real rough shape still. Um, it, I mean, he's still doing it. <laughs> yeah. Sabu is. Uh, I want to say, I mean, he's got to be late forties. Uh, Fifty-two. Okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, just. He is basically sentient scars at this point. Right, like, right. Well, he's probably working on one knee, one hip. <laughs> yeah, and, and and he'll he'll go until he dies. You know. It's, well, this is this is ninety seven, and he's got scars all over his body. Yeah, and um, he like you th- you talk about wrestler deaths and like the ones that aren't surprising. Like I expect any day now. <laughs> sure, um, but you know, you know, it's uh, just for, again, his bo- for his body to give up. Right. Yeah, but it, he, he's one of those guys like just he never really got like a huge money run or anything. He was in WWE, uh, WWE for a brief period, 
maybe not even a year, and they didn't do anything with him. Uh, Vince McMahon looked at him and didn't get Sabu at all. Uh, he had him talk. Yeah, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not top thirty things he's good at. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, yeah, and like, again, that was the that was the whole thing about Sabu why he was so great. He didn't have to fucking talk. He was a, for, a force of nature, right? Not yeah, not, not like a personality. He was a silent film character, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right. Um, and, uh, but it, it's, yeah, so this match, uh, definitely my match of the night. Yeah, um, really fun. Yeah, just fun stuff. Uh, sad, it had just, again, it had that big fight feel to it uh, that really nothing else had. And actual, like, um, there's that moment with the table uh, between the, the ring and the guardrail mm-hmm. where... He was going to do, like, a DDT, and he got, like, dropped. Yeah, yeah. Sabu was going to DDT Taz, but Taz just, like, pushed him, right? Yeah. And he went through the table. And, like, that felt very real, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of, like, really stiff clotheslines uh, from Sabu or from Taz to Sabu uh, that looked like it hurt probably more than just about anything else in this match. Um, well, also, again, you probably have these two guys that were just, like, we're going to make this look good. Yeah. I don't care how hard you hit me. So, right. And, um, and I, I don't know if, if it benefits being after the Shane Douglas match so much, but for like the Shane Douglas match, which was all about breaking necks, mm-hmm. uh, this one watching this match actually made my neck hurt. Sabu's neck is paced. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's one in, there's one in particular, it's like a head and arm suplex he does, where right. he just, he's, I'm like, why, why, why are you standing? Don't, no, don't stand. <laughs> you're going to lose this, you're, you're scripted to lose, just stay down, yeah, it's fine. No, no just shit, no shit. Lay there, lay there and gay, hey man, <laughs> pin me, we're good. Yeah, super entertaining, crazy, violent. Just... At one point he gets tossed into the crowd. Yeah. Just yeah. like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna suplex you over the guardrail now. <laughs> all, right, all right, what's there to break my fall? Uh, four chairs. All right, cool. And maybe a couple guys too. Yeah, maybe you <laughs> know. Knows? Hey. But but yeah, it, it is it is something that these two and, and again these guys had like a hell of a, like a hated rivalry going and all. But it was like it was like a professional rivalry. Right. Right. But there's more hatred here and more emotion here than there was in the previous match, which was supposed to be all about breaking a, you know the guy's best friend's neck and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's just you know it, it's a testament to to a, I mean, both guys really. But um, again, I, I think Sabu, even as like a wrestler, because he never really got a chance to show it very often because of just you know he was always the hardcore guy. But he actually wasn't a terrible like wrestler. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, and, like no. having matches and whatnot. And I think people forget that often. But also, so. like, like he he would fuck up and stuff, and but like he was doing stuff that people didn't do. Yeah, right. Like, like you know, people fuck up if they you know slip off the top rope or whatever, or you know, like uh, I don't know, try and dive through the ropes, but you know, their leg catches the rope and they hit the floor before they hit the guy or whatever. But when Sabu fucks up, it's because he's running. And doing a one-legged jump off of a folding chair over the ropes, you know, like yeah. he's doing something that people don't do. 
<laughs> yeah, so, well, so it's so much more excusable. <laughs> yeah, and, and most guys' third move of the match is like a wrist lock, and for him, it's I'm going to do a jump off the chair to the ropes, then do a moonsault. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that's going to be a two count. You know, it's like, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, so. Yeah, so that, that's why I always wanted to forgive him. And also, again, it's just like he's cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's that's one of the things that, like, you didn't really get from wrestling, and you still don't get from wrestling, is cool. Right. Like, trying to talk about what modern wrestlers now, it's like, John Cena's not cool. <laughs> you know? Roman Reigns sure as fuck isn't. Like, who is cool, you know? Like, some guys are funny, some guys are entertaining, some guys have really good matches. You know, Sami Zayn's a really good wrestler. He's yeah. not cool. Right. Shinsuke Nakamura's cool. Yeah. But, like... You know, you know, but you look at Sabu and it's like, all right, that's a badass guy. That's like somebody that you would like. I won't be ashamed if you, well, maybe I'll be ashamed depending on the, on the content, but like, I won't be ashamed if somebody sees me as a fan of this person, you know? Right. Cause this is the guy who does that hard hitting stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think that's something that ECW capitalized on even more so than like the violence and whatnot. It was like, this is the true alternative for the adults. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, but, uh, they, they do have a, a hell of a contest. Uh, Taz, after uh, breaking, then unbreaking, then re-breaking Sabu's neck over and over, <laughs> eventually, eventually tires of this and puts him in a submission uh, at 17 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is actually the first time, and one of the only times, Sabu ever tapped out, because, again, he's not the guy that gives up. Yeah. So that was, like, this huge... Feather in the cap for Taz. It, it was after a momentous uh, occasion of taking a lot of pain. Yeah, like he, like he basically just continuously got the shit shit kicked out of him for seventeen minutes. Yeah, and um, and this is pretty much like this was like the launching point for Taz as like the guy yeah. for a good year. Um, and he, you know, he went on to be like world champion and whatnot, and. Again, it was short, stout guy, but he was believable. Yeah, um, and definitely gave you know Shane Douglas his best feud. Um, <laughs> did stuff with Bam Bam and whatnot as well. Yeah. The, the the interesting part, well, the notable part about this is the post match, right? <laughs> which <laughs> kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Bill Alfonso is such a terrible like manager that during this match, it's actually hard to tell like who he's rooting for. Because he'll be like, he'd be like, that's Sabu. Get up, Sabu. Get up, Sabu. But he's actually there with Taz. Mm. And then, and then, like, he's yelling, he's yelling, he's yelling at Taz, like, don't leave him there. That's Sabu. He's so strong. That's Sabu. And then, I mean, of course, it it makes sense, uh, because he's actually, he actually double cross, well, it doesn't double cross. He, he doesn't do anything to help Sabu. That's the thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the manager that double crosses will be the one who <laughs> pulls, pulls on the foot of the guy who's pinning, you know, of, of his managee, right? That, that's mm-hmm. how he's going to turn it. He's going to pull it or he's going to kick him when he's trying to, uh, make the other guy tap out. But, uh, in this case, it's, he just lets the match, match happen. And then Rob Van Dam comes out. And Bill Alfonso's like, all right, I'll take off my shirt. And hey, look, I'm wearing a Sabu shirt. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I'm Sabu's it's, it's, guy. Yeah. 
That's a rule. That's a rule of wrestling: is that your true allegiance is the shirt closest oh. to your skin. Wow, of course, <laughs> of course. It doesn't matter if you're wearing seven layers. I'm pretty sure that's uh, that's federal law in many countries as well. It, that that is binding. I, I remember uh, very specifically uh, there was a a match. It was a battle royal. It was a Raw versus SmackDown versus ECW battle royal in WWE. And it was like whoever wins gets something, something for their for their show for their brand. <laughs> and Big Show won the match. Where's the Big Show? He won the match as a Raw guy, but then took off his shirt, revealing he was an ECW guy. Oh shit! <laughs> and I'm like, mind blown. <laughs> Is that legally binding? Because you were, <laughs> yeah, fighting for the other team. Okay, sure, Damien, Damien. That's law. That's law. Yeah. Like, for example, I'm wearing a skeleton witch T-shirt right now, but mm. I have Wham underpants on. You know. So if so if I'm wearing Superman boxers, but I'm wearing a Punisher shirt, I'm still a DC guy at heart. You're, you're the Boy Scout. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> Because they're both touching skin, but it's more intimate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. The boxers okay. are touching more skin, if you know what I mean. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, you know, hey, the ladies know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so lonely. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Fonzie reveals that he is... Uh, <laughs> that he bet all of his money on Sabu, which was a terrible, terrible bet to make. Right, right. Whoa, that's one of those... The things he uses. To, oh my god, that does not make any sense. If you wouldn't, you bet all your money on Taz and then pay Sabu to take a dive. Right, he's right. your guy. Or or bet all your money on Sabu and actually help Sabu win in some way. Yeah, but but uh, for, for Paul being what he as smart as he was, the execution on his ideas didn't always work. <laughs> Because there was a lot of chaos. There was you know, half the time matches just started by other people running into other matches. Oh, there, yeah, there there are pay per views where like there's like there's a match, and then like one of the guys from the next match comes out and kicks the shit out of the guy who's still laying in the middle of the ring who lost the first match, and like it's like four matches in a row. It's like it's been nonstop violence for 45 minutes. I can't, I can't take this. Like somebody, yeah. somebody cut a promo, please. <laughs> three, three matches have happened yet. No one has ever left the ring. Right. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> like someone will walk in and kick the shit out of somebody for five minutes and throw them out before the match starts. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. So there were, there were definitely problems, but, um, <laughs> sorry, I was distracted for a second. Uh, Beola was still open. All okay. Right. <laughs> So I, I, I can agree, though, that RBD and, and Sabu were a much better fit for the whole uh, Fonzie experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he definitely he definitely adds a bit to their act. Um, but yeah, they 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 turn on Taz and beat him up, and uh, this is when RBD then talks about how he loves to work Mondays. Right, right. Uh, and they would go on to be a. Of a mismatched weirdo tag, like Sabu and RVD are best friends in real life, but they don't seem like they would be. <laughs> right. Well, their tag teams are great because they'll like, like Sabu will like hit RVD out yeah. of nowhere, or they'll like not cooperate in any way, mm-hmm. and it's it's really weird, but strangely compelling. 
it worked. Yeah. yeah it, it, like, like, later on, the like the partners that hate each other became like a trope. <laughs> but, but, but with this, it was very much like, RVD doesn't give a shit, because this is just a showcase for him. And meanwhile, Sabu was like, motherfucker, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> So it was, it, 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 it was always just that kind of weird thing. Like, all right, I hate you, but I'm not enough to break up this tag team. Right, right. But um, they, I mean, and and they end up having like an actual good run as a team. Um, on 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 the Heat Wave uh, pay per view, they actually have a, uh, a, a, a an excellent tag match uh, that hopefully we make it to one day. Right on. But um, we then cut back to Joey Styles. He introduces Tommy Dreamer and Beulah. <laughs> For now, the uh, now it's nap time, because <laughs> apparently he just woke up Tommy Dreamer from one. <laughs> they found Tommy Dreamer under a blanket. They gave him a warm meal, and now he's out to do a commentary. He's, yeah, he's a special guest commentator. And, and, what five minutes into the match, he says, "Joey, I need you to stop talking to me. I just need to watch this alone." <laughs> yeah. <it's- laughs> Okay. <laughs> no worries, Joey says. I've been out here the whole time on my own. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Dreamer, I simultaneously do and don't feel bad for him. Yeah. On one hand, he got Beulah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, again, he probably overachieved given his skill level. Yeah. Because he, he had some compelling matches, though. He was really good with the right opponent. Yeah. Raven was the perfect, like, antagonist for him. In other feuds, Tommy Dreamer was kind of just an annoying nitwit. <laughs> um, but he was, I mean, he was the guy. And, and it made sense to build around him as a guy because there was no threat anyone was going to take Tommy Dreamer from you. Right, right. <laughs> You know, WWF was not going to look at this guy and go, yeah, totally. We're totally going to get this guy. Like, no, and WCW wasn't going to do anything with him either because they had a million dudes, you know. <laughs> and he wasn't a, he wasn't a particularly, like, athletic guy. Um, so, I mean, although he used to actually have, like, a, a physique uh, in the early days, but um, that went away very quickly. <laughs> and then he just became, you know, another fat guy that wrestles in a shirt. <laughs> but, but I mean, but Tommy was good at the like never say die face stuff, and uh, it, it definitely worked with Raven. Yeah. The, the thing with him though is that he kind of never got over ECW dying. Um, to this day, he still wrestles, and he's still trying to capitalize off of being in ECW twenty years later. Yeah. And, and it's just like, dude, move on. Like everyone else kind of moved on and he's still, you know, you know, but, um, yeah, Tommy kind of doesn't do anything here of note. And I don't, I, I don't regret that we're not getting a Tommy dreamer match, but, um, the story is that he gave up his, his spot in the main event to Terry. Um, the real story was he was injured. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was also, that's also why, uh, when he is a threat of, uh, receiving a movie turns the tables because he was fucked up. <laughs> so we have our main event. Terry Funk versus Sandman versus Stevie Richards. This is the most insane setup I've ever seen. Like, if you've watched wrestling for half an hour, you've seen a three-way match where the winner gets to take on the champion. Mm -hmm. Right? 
I don't think, I mean, before this, it ever existed where the winner of that match would immediately take on the champion. <laughs> yeah, again, they were strapped for time, so they had no choice. That's why, and we'll get there, Raven rushed out to the ring. Right. Uh, he didn't even get an entrance. Really. Um, <laughs> well, we didn't really even talk about this match yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. First, the entire BWO comes out. Right. <laughs> Because we need that. <laughs> yeah, consisting of the Blue Meanie, uh, Hollywood Nova, uh, Thomas Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> and 7-Eleven, which I guess was supposed to be six. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. a six whatever. pack. Right. Yeah, so sure. <laughs> Who didn't actually Which, you know, if we're later. trying to, like, make <laughs> Stevie Richards a serious main eventer, maybe he should have come out alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, instead of with the clown show. <laughs> yeah, with the fucking dog and pony show falling behind him. <laughs> then uh, Sandman comes out. Yeah. 90% of Sandman is the entrance. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't watch the the network version that dubbed in a generic song in place of Enter Sandman. Right, right. He doesn't even do anything, and they're going crazy because this Enter Sandman is a good song. They're, they're, just, they're just singing it. The whole, like, yeah. a couple thousand people singing Enter Sandman. Yeah. Like, an, like anyone could have come out to this, and they right. would have lost their minds. It's like, <laughs> fuck yeah, Enter Sandman, man. And then Terry Funk comes then Terry out Funk comes to out. the least wrestling entrance song ever. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of, like... <laughs> what would be a le- what would be a less intimidating song? And I'm thinking, I can show you the world. <laughs> Wake me up before you go go. No, these that's upbeat. That's okay, that's true. <laughs> Why can't we be friends? Why can't? <laughs> Somebody once told me oh, the goodness. world is gonna roll. <laughs> Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> But no, he shows, okay, maybe maybe the one song that might be less wrestling entrance song than this is, oh no, well, I guess Witchy Woman, if it's like a like a, a female wrestler, yeah. then that makes sense, totally. No, it's Desperado. Terry <laughs> Funk walks out to the most downbeat song without <laughs> drums. Like, I don't think Desperado has a drum beat. No. I don't think so. This is this is one of those songs where Henley walked out from the drum set and sat on a stool and just sang. <laughs> and that's what we get. We get whatever whatever the BWO walks out to. They came out they came out to a like uh I think that was actually like one of one of the few in house ECW themes. Okay. Along along with like Sabu's and uh the actual like main ECW theme. Right, okay. And then did, Super... Did you know that Razor Ramon's theme was actually a ripoff of, of an Eagle song? <laughs> I'm, I, I can't remember Razor Ramon's theme. It was a ripoff of Those Shoes. Really? Eagles. Yeah. Huh. Da-na, 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 da-na. <laughs> it blew my mind when I learned that. I mean, it's not, it, was, it wasn't as egregious as WCW's, where it was literally like, Raven's just coming out to come as you are. Yeah, But right, we changed right. two notes. <laughs> or, or fucking, you know. That uh, was pretty much every WCW theme was just yeah, a rip-off of something. Yeah, yeah rip-off of whatever popular song from whoever. 
But it, but it was great for guys that, like, didn't have, like, any clout, so there would just be, like, some generic dude that was, like, a middle-match guy, and, was like, it? they would come out just, like, Satriani music right. or something, <laughs> right. just, like, some kind of, like, thrash, you know, so. Was it Come As You Are or Smells Like Teen, teen Spirit? DDP had Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, right, that's it, that's it. But okay. the chords were reversed, so it was like, yeah. oh, they can't, so, they can't do us. So it was, like, self-esteem from the offspring. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Hey, look, it's, no. the, it's the it's the vanilla ice interview. Look, their song goes, dan, 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 dan. <laughs> and ours goes, dan, 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 dan. <laughs> I I I get it now. I get the difference. Yeah. So Joey puts off puts over the idea that all three men have issues with Raven. Uh, Stevie used to be uh, one of Raven's lackeys. Uh, Sandman had his son kidnapped, which seems like a pretty big <laughs> seems like a bit more of a serious issue. And uh, Terry just doesn't like Raven. I don't remember what it was. Um, oh, it's because it's because Tommy was his protege, I guess, and Tommy and Raven hate each other. <laughs> but uh, again, the kidnapping son seems like it'd be the biggest issue. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, so this is how most three three way matches work in wrestling. <laughs> uh, one guy gets thrown out, and the other two wrestle. Right, right. To their credit, they avoid that for the most part. They do. They do. Um, part of that is because in ECW triple threats. Uh, or actually, well, there's actually a difference, I guess, if you want to be uh, one of those wrestling fans that pushes up his glasses. <laughs> actually, a triple threat and a three-way dance are different. The three-way dance is different because it's elimination, which is how these matches should be. The yeah, worst exactly. thing, that, The worst thing in fucking triple threats is when a guy gets pinned and loses a belt and he wasn't even, or he, I'm sorry, he loses a belt without getting pinned. <laughs> right, I hate right. that shit. Yeah. Uh, at one point, WCW actually had the world title uh, lost in a tag team match. Wow. <laughs> Between two men that weren't, neither of who were the world champion. <laughs> wow. I, like, okay. But, um, so, yeah, elimination works much better because guys can form alliances. Unfortunately for Stephen Richards, <laughs> uh, most of the alliances <laughs> the, don't have The writing was on the wall, yeah. But, but also it, it, it makes it so, you don't have to be so mindful of having to go and break up a pin every 30 seconds, yeah. right? Yeah. But, um, so, so Stevie was the living boy for most of this. Um, he gets in a little at the beginning, uh, and there's actually a funny spot where, uh, he, he's like trying to tell Sandman to team up. He's like, come <laughs> on, just drop me. Do it. Do, we're going to do a leg drop thing. It's going to be cool. And he's like, all right, fine. He's like, it's like, yeah, let's do it again. He's like, all right. And he just fucking suplexes on his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, it doesn't take long for the hardware to get in right right terry funk's use of the ladder is uh, uh award worthy <laughs> <laughs> he 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 did in, he, he invented the uh let me spin in the middle of the ring with the ladder thing yeah yeah well and well moon salts off the ladder yeah as, um, well, well we'll see well, well it is deli- the the ladder delivery mechanism is courtesy of one mr sandman <laughs> This is the one thing we will say that for the Sandman in, in terms he's not a good wrestler, not a good speaker, not particularly like charismatic or like anything that you would value in wrestling. But he has incredible aim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At two different occasions during this 
match, he proves this. He throws the ladder in, hits Terry Funk square on. Yeah. Later on, he throws a garbage can in, hits him square <laughs> in the head. That, that's one of the greatest moments. <laughs> Although I gotta say, uh, you know, Terry Funk moonsaulting off of a ladder and landing on his face is my new, you know, how's your week going gif. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's the guess got to be like Monday, walking yeah. to Desperado. <laughs> Tuesday, falling off a ladder. Wednesday, garbage can in the head. The only part of Terry Funk that hits Stevie is his boot. <laughs> to call this a moonsault. Stevie sells it. Yeah. To call this a moonsault is to call Desperado a wrestling theme. <laughs> to be fair, it's a better moonsault than I can do. Yeah. Well, unless I'm on a trampoline, then I'm on fucking... Both. Unless, unless I'm on a trampoline, then I'm Rey Mysterio. But... Right, right. <laughs> oh, my God. Sandman then does his own moonsault. Well, no, just kidding. He drops a ladder on me. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Sandman occasionally would try to do, like, moves. Like, he, he, like at one point, he did a hurricanrana. Uh, not not in this match, but it, it, uh, he, he would do it later, and they called it the Heinekenrana, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, totally. That's pretty great. Or, or, or he has the white Russian leg sweep. That's good. <laughs> well, yeah, I, appreciate awesome. his bad, I appreciate his bad move names, if nothing else. <laughs> like, I'd, I'd also appreciate when Joe, and, I, and I think that might just be Joey Styles making it up, but like, I'd also appreciate like when Joey Styles, whatever, he would call somebody doing an Irish whip, he would just t- say their nationality instead. <laughs> it would be a Japanese whip or an American whip or something. <laughs> oh, man. So they double team Stevie for a while. They do this seesaw thing, which is really scary. The seesaw ladder spots are right. The, the margin for error there. Well, don't they do it like two times? Yeah, because yeah. if you don't get your hands up, your whole face is just broken. It's exploded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's actually that actually happened uh, to to uh, in, in WWF. They did they did the seesaw spot, and they pretty much never did it again after that. Yeah, I, w- I can't remember the guy's name. It was uh, Joey Mercury. Right. Right. Uh, old friend of mine, actually. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Holy shit. Because yeah. he broke his face right open. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was just watching, just like, oh, God. Oh, God, man. But um, <laughs> it, it was it was not good. That, that, that clip is in, like, every, you know, when wrestling, when wrestlers really got hurt in the ring yeah. video. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why they don't do seesaw spots anymore. <laughs> Because, like, you, there's only so many elements you can control there, and the velocity of a ladder flying at your face is not one of them. Right, right. The first one is glorious. The second one doesn't look like anything even happened. The, the, I, I'm not even sure Terry Funk was near the ladder when the second one happened. <laughs> yeah, the, but, like, the, the one where the uh, the ladder flings into the crowd, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, we probably just kill a pedestrian, right? <laughs> Needless to say, this leads to Stevie getting eliminated uh, pretty quickly after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, all right, enough of that shit. And then Terry Funk and Sandman have a battle. That's really all I, all I can say. It's a battle. Yeah. They still bring barbed wire <laughs> into it. Because why not? And Sandman's brilliant idea is to wrap himself in barbed wire and then belly well, bump Terry Funk a well, few times. Well, first he wraps Terry Funk in barbed wire. Yes. And then he wraps himself in barbed wire and then just jumps on top of him. <laughs> yeah. Cause, 
what do you do if you don't know how to wrestle? You just belly bump and jump on, dude. Yeah, yep. <laughs> like he, like he does the moves that I would do to my dad when we couch wrestled. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Terry eventually wins with another moonsault in nineteen freaking minutes. Yeah, this probably could have been shorter as well. Um, they could have gotten CB out of there much quicker. Yeah, there was there was a bit of like everybody's laying down and wasted. Yeah, um, which which or, is it's it's it, there's an element of entertainment to that on its own. Mm-hmm. Like like it, it gives you the viewer a little time to breathe. Right? And, 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 it's, it's not like the Shane Douglas match, which which is yeah. just like they're, had, they're doing had, the same thing for fucking sixteen minutes. I had time to breathe and write a screenplay during that match. <laughs> it was, but yeah, yeah. It, and actually, ironically, the, it's all about guardrails. Yeah, and, I mean, it's, it's actually, it's actually. So we're, we're going to build a greater furniture universe because that's that's really big these days. And we yeah. write one about one about the guardrail first, and then maybe one about the timekeeper's table. Right. Then, then eventually they'll have a big team up. It's going to be great. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Spanish announce table has to die at the end of the uh, Of course. That's, that's how it happens. <laughs> Three <laughs> as things it, as, as it was foretold. Yes. Um, if you, if you watch Beyond the Mad, this is actually the part where Paul Heyman freaks out because they have five minutes left before the feed cuts out. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. This is why Raven rushes to the fucking room. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because huh. you should probably start the main event sometime. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing was, like, again, ECW is such a laid-back kind of liberal company where it was like, we don't, it doesn't matter when we end our show. Yeah. We're just going to keep rolling or, you know, or this is untelevised and we'll just be here all night. And this is their <laughs> first time, like, oh, I can't edit this. This is live. Oh, <laughs> shit. So they, they didn't really count for that. Yeah. Um, they got... This is the first, this is the only time this actually happens though. Um, the rest of their shows always would end early or just on time, uh, for pay-per-view. But, uh, it's, it, it's fine because this didn't need to be long. Right. Uh, to be honest, it really couldn't have been much longer because Terry Funk was essentially a, a dead man on his feet. Yeah. <laughs> Terry, Terry was knackered. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Uh, so Raven rushes to the ring and just starts attacking him. Uh, a lot of bullshit happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, a woman runs into the ring yeah, at the some Ra- point. Raven's nest. Yeah. Um, this woman apparently was actually part of All Japan Women, which was like this real badass, uh, like, if you if, if, like, you'd ever want to actually look for, like, the best, like, hard-hitting, like, women's wrestling, like, All Japan Women in the 90s was apparently, like, the best promotion in the world. Yeah. Um, I don't believe this one was a part of it though, because she couldn't even power bomb Terry Funk. Right, <laughs> right. There was a bit of a fuck up there. <laughs> but um, like she's like he he landed safely on her knees. <laughs> like. Um, then Big Dick Dudley showed up. Right. To attack for, Tommy Dreamer for no reason whatsoever. Uh, the uh, the Dudleys had a loose association with Raven, I think. Okay. In that they were all bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like the whole Raven's Nest came out. There were like three other guys. Like, why didn't one of them attack yeah. Tommy Dreamer? 
Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> maybe they didn't want to go through two tables off of the <laughs> off of the the raised platform there. <laughs> you know, I not a whole lot of people would. Yeah. Um and and I actually forgot about this part. I was like, "Oh god, Tommy, don't go through the tape." <laughs> you know. But um no, he he turns it around and actually does the weakest choke slam in the world, the it's big dick Terrible, dumpy. terrible. It's it's barely a push. <laughs> Who kind of hits a table. <laughs> there are like three down there. He touches maybe one and a yeah, half. Yeah, I think he, I think he slipped over one of them. Yeah. Uh, Big Dick Dudley, uh, as the name implies, not a small man. <laughs> Does not need to be falling from these kind of heights. Right. Um, Big Dick Dudley also no longer with us. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, he died in early two thousands. Wow. Um, but yeah, this was near the end of Raven's run as well. So I think what they were trying to do was come up with an idea for somebody else for Tommy Dreamer to feud with. Right. Um, Big Dick Dudley wouldn't have been my first choice. <laughs> Or my seventeenth choice, yeah, right, 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 right. Or my right. last choice, honestly, I because uh, Big Duck Dudley was fucking useless. Yeah, he, uh, he probably wouldn't be on the list. Yeah, that, that, yeah I would have. Sign, made sign sure. guy Dudley's more entertaining. You know, I would have probably had him feud with Fonzie or something before <laughs> I had him feud with Big Dick Dudley because, like, there's nothing you can get out of that. Like, Big Dick Dudley's whole role was to not have matches, right? Just to beat him, you know. And I mean, it's a good gig if you can get it, but. uh Tommy eventually does come down to the ring, hits Raven with a DDT. After saying many, many times that he is, he's sworn to Terry Funk that he won't interfere. But he was just provoked so badly. Right. Um, by having the giant tie-dye attack him. Yeah. Well, it, it would happen to anybody, right? Yeah. The, <laughs> and, and the detail about this that I like, Tommy hits the DDT on Raven, and then uh, Terry goes to get the, goes for the pin, and Raven kicks out. Right. Because... <laughs> Tommy Dreamer's move can't beat Raven. Right, right. Because <laughs> the whole story is that Tommy has never beaten Raven. Raven's beaten Tommy a million times. Um, <laughs> which, in terms of like a storyline, in ter- and, and like a story, a long term story with a payoff, is the best story they've ever done. Yeah. Um, in DCW, and um, we're nearing the end of Raven's run here because '97 is when he goes to WCW. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's not much lo- much longer for this world. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because there was a lot of potential. He does actually go back in '99. Uh, that run was less memorable, but they do end up doing the the tag team champions that hate each other thing with Raven and Tommy, um, huh. which was which was pretty interesting actually, because it was kind of like this thing of like, all right, we were these his enemies, and then like, Raven's like he's like almost like trying to be like I I changed. Um, it was actually a, a, a great a, it was actually this great angle they did because it was the Dudleys last night in ECW, and they were going to leave, and they were threatening to leave with the tag titles, and Tommy <laughs> was like, I will fight you myself, and he didn't have a partner, and that's the and that's the same night Raven came back. Nice. <laughs> so Raven just ran in, gave him one of a DDT, Tommy gets up, he's like, the ref hands him a belt, he's like, what the fuck happened? He turns around, <laughs> there's Raven there. <laughs> it's a great moment. And, 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 the way he rea- and the way he reacts to it, oh no, I'm sorry, actually, no, Raven happily hands him one of the belts. <laughs> and Tommy just looks at him and like, Oh fuck! <laughs> it, it's like one of the best classic cells ever. Solid. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it, 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 it was not a terrible storyline considering the time period. Uh, Nineteen ninety nine ECW was not the creative highlight. No, 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 um, no. But for camera angles for Don Marie, I tell you, <laughs> not a better time. But Terry does uh, after the kickout does do a small package, and that is too much for Raven. Yeah, <sighs> and and. <laughs> 
Then he has about a four-second celebration before the pay-per-view goes off the air. Right. Covered in blood. Getting blood all all over everybody in the crowd uh, and Tommy Dreamer. And then click. (laughs) Pay-per-view over. (laughs) Yeah, the... The way Paul Heyman and Tommy Dreamer tell the story is that the generator in the building actually was about to die, and as soon as they went, and as soon as they went off the air, the whole building went black. Oh shit! That's a bullshit story. <laughs> they, they they just wanted to make it more dramatic. Like, dude, you don't have to lie. It's right. already good enough that right. you need time. Because yeah, there were tons of people that were there that were like, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had a nice, long, proper, you know, celebration. But, but that is ECW One Night Stand. Yeah. No, uh, barely legal. I'm sorry. Yeah, One Night Stand, one like night stand is a one. different pay per view. Yeah. 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 Uh, one Night Stand were two different pay per views. The other ones. Oh, right. Um, was, that like one, the, was that like the last two? Because it was like one in like 2001 and then one in 2005 or something? The last one was called December to Dismember. <laughs> it is, of course, it, it was. <laughs> it is the least bought WWE pay per view of all time. Uh, when they oh, and that's that's WWE era. Yeah, right. when they advertised the show, there were two matches. Oof. Uh, they didn't have any other shows, so it started with a Hardy Boys match that went 35 minutes. Oh, man. Uh, then it had such classics as Match Striker versus Balls Mahoney. Um, <laughs> I think well, the- well, the great thing about ECW is that mm-hmm. it's a company where a guy named Balls Mahoney can not only work, but become it's a legend. Alive. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> where the crowd um, will just chant, Balls. 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 <laughs> um, Tommy Dreamer got beat up by the great Kali. Uh, wow. Um, there was a bad mixed tag match involving people that weren't in the original ECW. Um, it is like one of the classic all-time worst shows ever. Um, so it, it, it's a heavy contender for us to cover. Um, and it ended with uh, RVD. I'm sorry, no. Sabu got attacked backstage, so he couldn't be in the main event. He was replaced with Hardcore Holly. Huh. Because, you know, that's, I mean, one hardcore legend to another, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, the main event was an elimination chamber. Uh, the, what the, is an the elimination fa- chamber? An elimination chamber is a six-man match. It's like a it's like a cage match, except every guy is in a pod. Oh, that and one. Come oh, okay, out. Yeah. all right, yeah. Um, and they come like, out with like the plex, plexiglass walls and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, RVD and CM Punk were in the match, and they were the first oh. two guys eliminated. Oh, that's <laughs> probably not the best option. <laughs> uh, it end, it ended with Big Show and Bobby Lashley. Uh, and, yeah, that, okay. that epic that epic encounter. Um, the match also had te- the match also had test in it. Oh well, any match with test in it is a good. So one. you know it was good. Uh, it it was a fucking fart in church. Paul Heyman Paul Heyman's recommendation was like, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to have CM Punk win this within the first five minutes. He's going to make the Big Show tap out, <laughs> and Big Show and Big Show is like all business. He, he's, he totally wants to like make the show better. He was like, all right, let's go for it. Let's do it. He was all for it. And, and Vince just went, Nope, we're going to do the big guys now. Cause that's ECW. <laughs> that's a depressing story for another day. Oh man. 
This 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 was definitely not nearly as bad as that. No, um, no, no. Barely legal was a show. Yeah, uh, it sure it sure was. Uh not the most exciting of no. uh ECW pay-per-views, but yeah, far from the worst clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but a pretty good start actually for yeah. the little company that could you know yeah and um like like uh, people say like the best card they've ever done was Heat Wave '98 I think um that has the the, the almost riot uh, right isn't, isn't that the sure. isn't that the the one with the Dudley Boys is spitting on the woman and stuff. I think I think that might have been. Yeah, I think because yeah, the main event was that was them in like a a tag or something. Yeah, that was a big street fight at the end. Yeah, but that that also had like a, a Masato Tanaka Mike awesome match in it, and oh, like a, nice. um, a just incredible. Yeah, jury that, that's that's another character that I'm looking forward to seeing because Mike Awesome is one of the greats for me. Mike Awesome, uh, do you know anything about Mike Awesome's WCW run? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, what they did to him in terms of his gimmick changes. Uh, it's not ringing a bell, but I remember okay, watching. Okay, he, he, he came in to be Mike Awesome, and he was, you know, like ending careers and stuff. And then uh, a, a chap by the name of Vince Russo, who is the worst wrestling writer ever, <laughs> came in and decided he was going to be that '70s guy. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, I remember that. Okay. And then after that, he was the fat chick thriller. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> Killed his career dead. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Uh, Mike Awesome also no longer with us, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But we will get to that. It's that guy's, well, maybe, that guy's maybe, a maybe. fucking beast. That guy's a yeah. beast. Well, maybe. Well, here's here's a good time to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, people listening, if you want to hear more, let us know in the forum threads or email Mike and he'll let us know. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, recommend. What do you think? Should we keep doing ECW? Should we jump around? promotion to promotion whatever yeah where do we go from here basically yeah. is, you know um we can continue chronologically in ecw we could explore the finer things in wrestling <laughs> um you know uh lucha underground was recommended for des to watch yeah um for, for maybe That's... maybe he can, he can watch a modern wwe show yeah <laughs> which i don't know if i want to wish that on him or not <laughs> Um, some late era WCW. We could, I mean, there's tons of, of, of stuff out there yeah. um, that we can definitely examine. But um, an advantage to this, an advantage to doing ECW from this point forward is I don't have to talk about the history of every guy every time. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> anyway, very true. <laughs> but I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of be thorough, and because uh, I kind of didn't know your baseline of knowledge here. Yeah. Um, and, and you actually know way more than I expected. So I, I, I just wanted to come prepared. All right. Well, there you go. Um, because well, because I. For all I knew, it could have been like I watched ECW for two years and then I didn't care about wrestling ever again. Yeah, you know, no, I yeah, I mean, I I watched it as a kid, mm. pretty religiously, and then basically picked it back up with ECW. But the issue with ECW is that I think like like the programming was not consistent in Canada to mm. kept, to catch it on TV, and then also I worked. And I was still at home in like 96, 97. So I couldn't tape it because my dad was, uh, if my dad was authoritarian about anything, it was the use of the VCR. Mm. So I couldn't tape anything when I worked. 
So, mm. <laughs> so if if I was working on a on a ECW night, I didn't get to see it. So I sort of faded away to that. But I always had Mondays off, so then I switched over to WWF during the Attitude era, and and also watched WCW as well. So. Yeah, so I, a couple years there, and then I quit around 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. That's that's longer than most people, like, fell off, honestly. Like, yeah. most people stopped at, like, 2000, 2001. Yeah, well, I, th- I think I stopped religiously in, a, in around 2001, maybe early 2002, and then mm-hmm. watched it occasionally until... Till I left the country. Gotcha. <laughs> Sounds weird to say, but that's that yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't have any ECW experience until the late '90s uh, when they finally got their TV deal on TNN. Right. Right. Uh, because uh, I was living in Maryland at the time, and we didn't get the syndicated stuff. I certainly wasn't getting pay per views. You know, um, I, I had you know I seen a bit here and there from tapes and whatnot. And like you know, clips that people would like show on other shows, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of just got it. I, I kind of got it all from TNN. I was like, oh. and, and the TNN show was like eleven thirty after roller derby <laughs> on a Friday night or something. That seems right. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot, it was one of those things. It's like I don't. Okay, sure. Like maybe I'll stay up to watch this or something. But um, half of them I didn't, and and I actually had VHSs also of just like a bunch of episodes of the freaking TNN show, which was not great. Yeah. Mostly promos and like short edited <laughs> matches, but I mean a lot of dumb reentrances. If nothing else, yeah, so. yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. <laughs> we need a compilation. <laughs> YouTube, get on that. But uh, that has been this show. Um, again, just tell us what you want us to do from this point forward, because I, I could talk wrestling with anybody. Yeah. And if I'm going to talk wrestling with anybody, I, I prefer it be be my my current guest. Uh, um, right back at so, you. So, so yeah. Um, <laughs> if we were to continue, we would then go to Hardcore Heaven in, in, in 97. Right. But... um. We could jump around to another ECW. We're not going to jump right to December to December. I don't want that, the show to end in two episodes. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how the reaction is for this and, right. and uh, you know, that kind of thing. But um, uh, I, we have no email to write to, so just do the forums, I guess. Yep. Uh, sh- the show at Earth2.net, too, right? Yeah, that, that works. Um, the old drop D voice line has actually been expired. <laughs> I, I got a Gmail. I got a Gmail uh, actually last week saying finally this number is no longer been hasn't been used long enough. So it's, it's amazing it lasted that long. I was fucking. I was amazed. I was like, oh god, yeah, that's still okay. <laughs> well, I've been I've been getting emails from GoDaddy to update my Dread Media website because the website builder software is out of date and like will soon be out of service. So, uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm dancing dangerously. I'm, I'm, I'm laying on a table at this point, uh, mm-hmm. in, in ECW speak, waiting, <laughs> waiting for my website to give out before I well, actually rebuild it. Well, may, may a splinter go into the eyelids of anyone who, des- who decides to take your website down. Thank you, Damien. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Old Victorian insult. It's, it's, it's the nicest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm good. I got that hot WordPress stuff going on, so I'm, I'm airtight. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, so if you want to actually see any of our, our work, 
uh, Dread Media. Fine show. Yes, thank you, sir. Way thank more, you. way more consistent than this one's going to be. I'm sure. <laughs> well, considering we're over three hours at this point, yeah, and uh, and two gigs is is the size of this recording. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I'm at whatiplay.com. I write about video games sometimes. I do tank, tranquil tirades, all that good stuff. So, right on. Yeah, dreadmedia.com. That's us. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll do this again. We will. All right. I don't know. What do you say signing out of a wrestling show? Oh, let me die, Oh, my God.